What's going on, everybody? It is Thursday, April 6th, and you have found the Pinwheels and Ivy podcast. I'm your host, Matt Swaski, a.k.a. Father's O, and with me, as always, Mr. Aldo Soto. I'm going to get right out in front of it. I'm sorry for the Hayden Wisniewski hype, but he's still going to be good, guys. He's still going to be good. Cost me money. The good Reverend K. Fitz. I would like the record to show that the Chicago Cubs have not lost in three days. It's been a very nice three days. Take that. Take that and you time. heard them. Sophomore NASCAR Mitch. All right, I want to ask, before we get into the show, though, you know, we have boots on the ground at opening day. So as the yeah. Big J journalist you are, I want to hear about the experience. I heard it was a disaster. I had a buddy that went that said he waited 45 minutes to get in the parking lot and got turned away. Uh, so Jeez. tell us about the opening day guaranteed rate field experience. All right. Tailgate. Let's, let's, pay some, <laughs> let's pay some bills and we'll start off with that. All right, fair enough. Uh, so we're going to talk about home opener and we actually have six games on both sides well Cubs only played five right because they are right now six games for the White Sox five games for the Cubs to talk about we have actual statistics and hot baseball takes to finally have regular season baseball is here ladies and gentlemen so with all that being said let's tap this guy free build of the favorites we here for the latest south side or the north side not tuned to the greatest home team for the home teams both sides got our own rings on the mound on the long ball but we don't put a wrong string yeah, <laughs> it's that time of the year now. Wrigley or Canty, so the whole league that we hear now. New show with a new mood, discussions and interviews, trade rumors that might be. This is Pinwheels and Knife. Yeah, this is what you're waiting for. Yeah, you can put it on the boy. Yeah, every season they get all changed. Take me out to the bar game. This is what you're waiting for. Yeah. As always, the show is brought to you by Sports Micro, sportsmicro.com. Make sure you download the app and turn on push notifications to be find out the latest and greatest and everything in Chicago sports. Sports Micro, sportsmicro.com, and also brought to you by Uncle Buds on 9700 South Cicero. Go check it out. They're updating the food. The beer list is like a thing changes all the time now. I can't keep up with it. They got karaoke night. They got trivia night. They got darts, golden tea, you name it. It's just a good time. They got about, I think, six. <clears throat> six slots now six machines so okay okay yeah go make some money got a little bit they got tv they got tvs everywhere it's a great place to go watch a game have a couple beers and enjoy some food uh uncle buds 9700 south cicero i know where i'm Oak going Lawn. when i come up for nascar night um, with uncle buds you might have to sit in the corner and ask someone for the tv to put on nascar but no no it's with the socks they're having a nascar mm-hmm. night it's literally gonna oh. be like kaminsky have they're doing a theme night for nascar at guaranteed rate field so i'm gonna so did you, not look at the, you didn't look at the magnet calendar no uh oh. did they do that after you won your regional championship and it was like an honor of you <laughs> probably we'll just we'll just go with that yeah i like it <laughs> they so had the players driving too gavin sheets could not make a right turn way too heavy on the brakes loose and corner exit <laughs> it was a disaster um Home opener uh, for the White Sox. Uh, the weather was fine. I mean, it was a little overcast, a little cold, but everybody was dressed for it. 
Uh, shout out to the Chicago Sports Bombs. Those guys threw one hell of a fucking tailgate. I'll tell you that. Um, everybody got there early, and they were planning on waiting till 11 a.m. to open the gates. But there was so many people there, and the car line was, like, getting into, like, a busy traffic area. And they're like, yeah, we got to open this up, or someone's probably going to get T-boned. So they opened that up about 10, 15, 10, 30. Um, food everywhere, high spirits everywhere. I went and talked to the on tap guys, the one awake guys. I met gas money, Bob, like all podcasts were accounted for. I took a, a picture over my head and said, there's gotta be 15 podcasts in this one picture. I, I was not kidding. Um, but everybody was doing great. And like, it was so much fun that it was like, Oh shit! We still got to walk in and watch a baseball game. Like I'm, I'm dead serious. That's how the like the feeling was. Nobody really wanted the party to stop, and uh, so we walk up there, and yes, the White Sox have a very serious problem because every gate we started on the one side closest to the Ryan, and I was walking with Herb Lawrence, and we walked all the way around to the other side where the like the craft cave is, and you know the dugout bar or the bullpen bar. Every gate had a line two blocks long easy like ridiculous everybody's hand everybody's feeling good i'll say that you know what i mean but i would be pissed if i was standing in that line with my two-year-old surrounded by a bunch of people that are feeling good you know what i mean like it'd be like yo like <laughs> i don't really want to do this right now uh luckily me and herb got crafty with it i'm gonna just leave it at that i'm not gonna reveal some secrets uh but we kind of got in and but the the lines were just it, it, it's atrocious man like it was absolutely brutal uh i don't know how it was like like for your buddy to get to the parking lot not right when it opened i could imagine that was terrible too um but yeah the lines to get in were bad but once you were in it wasn't bad like there wasn't too bad lines for like beers and food bathroom was fine everybody was in a great mood and then the giants just hit 150 home runs and it was like someone took the air out of your balloon. You know what I mean? Like everybody was like all go, go, go. And everyone was in a great mood. And then it was just like, um, okay, like this, this happened. And went to Cork after people were still just, everybody just wanted to drink at that point and then hitched right home. That was it. Now, um, I was going to ask you now that you went to a game. Well, I guess it was different because, like, as you said, at home opener, you guys were feeling very good, yep. especially early on. So, like, maybe maybe you don't even have that good of experience or recollection, but, like, with the whole pitch clock, how did the game feel differently from your Very before? fast. Very fast because I got up to get a beer in, like, the third inning, and when I got back to my seat, it was, like, the middle of the fifth. Oh, you missed all the like, home runs. Well, I was like, I wasn't even. I'm like, I wasn't even gone that. <laughs> like it was a yeah. ten person line. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it just wasn't. I no. You know what it was? Is I got up and got a beer and took a piss, and then by the time uh, I got back to the seat, I was just like, Yeah, that was. Whew. Well, I I was gonna ask what the uh, boot to cheer ratio was for Mike Clevenger when they were doing all the players, but it sounded like everyone was stuck in the day. I, I was, <laughs> That's yeah. why they did it, Mitch. I was standing outside still. The so Missy in the comments was saying the bear situation was bad. I didn't have that, so I only go to one beer stand when I go to Sox games because they have Bush Light Tall Boys. So I don't know what the other lines were like, but my line was pretty short. I only because the game was going so fast, I only got like three beers during the game, and I forgot that they're no cash. 
So yeah. like a dumbass, I went to the ATM before I went there. We had a bunch of cash. So I was like, oh shit. <laughs> All right, cool. Um, but yeah, my line was cool. I guess just only cool people uh, drink Bush Light Tall Boys. But there's a, a lot of newer things. But you know, I saw tweets today on Wednesday from like my sock summer and Wally and those guys in the 108. And there was like no one there again. You know what I mean? Like they probably just walked right in. It's just the home opener is always crazy. Home opener, yeah. halfway <laughs> to St. Patrick's Day, like Elvis night. There's a, there's certain NASCAR nights night. that bobblehead giveaway night. Yeah, NASCAR night is obviously going to be a huge attraction. Damn right. the, and it's the first dry run by the staff too. By the way, I mean they're trying to figure right. their shit out too. So you, it you know. always seems like it's bad. So it's like this, they're like not equipped for big crowds. It feels like because they're never used to any big crowds. Yeah, the the line situation on the south side has been an issue now for a couple of years. And I'll tell you what, if I was a season ticket holder, I'd be hot. They need there are a lot of teams in Major League Baseball that have a separate entrance for season ticket holders. Because you're blowing all that money with that team. The least they can do is like give you a no line way to get in. Like I don't what what is the whole because like don't they just check your ticket like on your phone like yeah, is, it, dude, is it a you, bag policy what the no, hell you, is yeah well some of that but like you walk in you walk through them you take all the shit out of your pocket throw it in a little basket walk through the metal detector grab your shit scan your ticket and you go like how I that, think part of it not enough metal detector? because the White Sox open their gates usually and I opening day they open earlier but a lot of times they only open them like I think like ninety minutes before the game starts where most MLB stadiums open them two hours before so it's a little bit more spread out but when you got all these people tailgating and it's only open nights like the lines are going to start being longer because yeah. they're waiting longer to open a lot of their gates so I think during the regular season that factors into part of it but and I'll tell you what when they open the gate. I, I should have fucking time lapse videoed it. it. It seriously, it looked like a scene from like Saving Private Ryan. Like people are like rushed <laughs> into park. There's people setting up grills and tables, and then people like raising their their podcast flags and all this other stuff to like stake their claim. And like everyone's like trying to like elbow into different places. It was wild. Got people dude. with like knives using bubble gum to put like a mirror. Meanwhile, on a because. Shit. Yeah, and meanwhile, because none of you fucks live in Chicago, I'm just sitting there literally holding a, a 30 rack of bush in my left hand and a bush <laughs> in my right, just standing there like looking around like, all right. You <laughs> keeping the case till you got to the end, right? Was that yeah. basically the plan? As soon as yeah. you have to give it up, you give it up, but you keep going. Until like, all right. Well, no, I think uh, somebody, I, don't, I think it was either Dougie from Bums or uh, Brian from Getting Drafty. Somebody was like, hey, man, I got room in my cooler. And I was like, all right, cool. <laughs> So I was doing a I was doing a two in two out system, and then I walked <laughs> over I walked over to the one away guys. They were chilling by Cork at Beef's place, and I had four pocket beers. And so, bro, this is why you need. And Missy, you'll get yours soon. I'm sure it's on the way. You oh, need. I know. If I had a if I had a beer, beer satchel, satchel, that would have actually been really clutch <laughs> for that walk. <laughs> we made was, zero profit on those beer satchels. I'm sorry about the price, guys. That's like the only place that makes fucking beers at or like those those fanny packs. Yeah, for our, I, I, I look actually, like, this oh. is one of the few people that's going to be prepared for, um, for the town. Yeah, a beer Mind satchel would have been extremely money. clutch, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Six well, beers. This is going to be booming. She's got a big following. She's going to be walking around the guaranteed yeah. rate field parking need, lot, and all of a sudden, our business is going to pick up on those. Missy, if you're still listening. I just need you to do one TikTok with the beer satchel. And <laughs> yeah. Sales will skyrocket. Like shit. Like what? Go what, what, our faces. What, can fit, what can I fit in the beer satchel besides beer? You could fit like a Chihuahua in there, 
Um, oh, see, four see? fanny packs. We do only need one two. beer satchel. Yeah, yeah, I do remember that cork was out of bucket, so there's like all these people walking around just like holding five beers. Like, yeah, <laughs> beer satchel would have cured all that, folks. Oh, mm-hmm, would have, mm-hmm. But definitely, I was jealous until I saw the game, but it did look like a good time. It was, it was a besides the actual baseball part of it, it was an absolute blast. I've tweeted that I absolutely love the community that White Sox Twitter has put together, and I mean it. Everybody was so friendly, everybody just had a really good time, man. And when you're around a group of like-minded people all with the same goal to have a good time, you usually have a really good time. And that's what that was. And that was really cool. And I, I can't wait to get back uh, to the game. Hopefully it's not that crowded again. Cause that line was no bueno. It's uh, funny. Like opening day, I, I had a piss. Oh my God. I was so bad. <laughs> opening opening day at the office they kind of like loosen the dress code so like you know everyone's walking in with their like hats whatever so i come like rolling in with like white socks hats like second day on the job and the guy that's sitting next to me i hadn't met him yet and he comes rolling in with like a cubs jersey i was like oh son of a bit and in like, well, I, I promised i'd be nice to the cubs fans but yeah i'll end up in the lake in missouri and I'm, Get that boy. Say, that's a that's a ballsy move in missouri so I'm here, I'm here, the home here. opener white Sox fixture line shit and so let's actually talk about this ball um so after what is it six games the white Sox are 500 three and three cubs are two and three but they got rained out on wednesday so it could have easily been three and three um so what we wanted to start the show with because everybody loves these we're gonna do way over the top early reactions to what we've seen so, Fid, you look like you're about to burst. So why don't you go first? Over the top reactions? Oh. Over the top reaction to what you've seen in the five games the Cubs have played. Oh, wow. I mean, I, I, I can't use the Patrick Wisdom thing because we all know what he is. So we all know that he's going he's gonna to be great in the first two months and like absolutely just blow shit up uh, after that, though. Um, I think probably the biggest overreaction or like whatever would be probably – I think honestly, like, I know Aldo's joking about it, but I think uh, Hayden Wesneski's start. I think that the dude he gave up a couple. T- he gave up a couple cookies. You know, he's still a young pitcher in his first start of the year. There's a little bit more expectation on him, and the dude went out there and what he gave up three runs in what four and two thirds of an inning. Um, but here's the thing, and this is this is something Aldo and I we talked about too. He didn't walk anybody, so you give up a couple cookies. Who gives you shit? They're solo homers. People forget. Fergie Jenkins, one of the best pitchers in Cubs history, gave up what was at the time a league record home runs in a season. Now, guess what? Like 60% of them, 70% of them were solo jacks. So it was like basically nothing. It's actually a pitch conserver, really. Get on to the next guy, whatever, move on. But he didn't look bad. Or he didn't look great early, but he did have a couple. Really, You could see the movement as he, as he felt like it looked better as he got, got on in the game, actually. He felt like he had more comfort. Um, and then he he got pulled with two outs in the uh, in the fifth, um, really close to getting out of it. But uh, he gave up a, a he kind of left the ball a little bit up in the what's his name Friedel 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 TJ Friedel hey Friedel who the hell he is just yeah, looks Friedel like an all star center fielder yeah but he just strafed Friedel. one to left and that was it for the day Rossi said we've seen enough pulled him out but not bad like again it's not you know. Uh, that is something that I think was a, a major overreaction. Like, oh shit, this guy's not good. No, that's actually pretty damn good for the most part. Um, two mistakes 
And then a couple singles early on. Again, I, my big concern about the Cubs is, you know, the starting pitching the last couple starts have come out flat in the first inning after being staked runs. But I, it's nothing to overreact about with him because he's a young guy and the dude has some nasty stuff. And if that's him pitching without his nasty stuff, that's pretty damn good pitching instead of just throwing. So to Fitz's point, uh, was Nasty's final line for his opening start, 4.2 innings pitch, six hits, three runs, all three earned, two walks, four Ks, gave up two nukes for an ERA of 5.79. And no walks in front of those nukes, which is what me and Aldo were talking about. Just That's give up a solo. But it's funny that you say that. It's not really funny because I know how frustrating it is, but it's odd that you mentioned how the – you're concerned with the Cubs or how their pitchers are coming out in the first couple of innings. Welcome to the 20, welcome to the 2022 Chicago White Sox, where I mean, if you missed the first 10 minutes of the game and turned it on, the White Sox were down three to nothing. Well, here's the thing. They weren't down. The Cubs were up three, nothing. And then Smiley gave four back. And then the Cubs were up one, nothing. And Wesneski gave up. the lead. So they took the mound without throwing a pitch with a lead. They were staked a lead before they threw a pitch, which that one really hurt. Talking about same game. Are we yeah. jumping around games? No, we're talking about Smiley and Wisniewski, right? Wisniewski I'm talking was about, yeah, Wisniewski's game. He gave up one, but the Cubs got one in the first. So Yeah, but they let off. The Cubs were the visitors. So the Cubs took a 1-0 lead without him throwing a pitch, and then he gave it back. Same with Smiley. The Cubs were up three to nothing. Smiley went out and gave up four. So like mm-hmm. being staked a lead and giving that up is very concerning in the first. That's, that's a suck a life out of your clubhouse kind of thing. That doesn't make a clubhouse feel great when like, hell yeah, we got these guys already on the ropes right out of the gate. Oh shit, now we're down one? What the hell? Or now we're it's tied again? Like shit. Give you a run. Get it's us like, back oh, in the like one of those games today. Mm-hmm. Yep. Get back in the dugout. You know, that's get a smoke ring. You know. Um but. all right, that's the first cob ones. Mitch, you go first for the White Sox. See, I don't have any overreaction. I'm going yes, the you other do. Well, no, I mean, I'll <laughs> I tell you what you my do. biggest takeaway is from like the two, like the two big things. So, like with Kopech, start we'll start here because everyone's like he sucks or whatever. Honestly, I do think there was something to like the tipping his pitches. Like it made a lot of sense, but I, there was some positive takeaways from it, despite all the bombs he was giving up. I, I think that's going to be one of his worst starts of the year. And he still had twelve swings and misses that he accumulated, which is 15, pretty good. I think. I think he had fifteen whips actually. Twelve, I, I'm pretty sure. Okay, um, well, facts. You can check it was Monday. Yeah. Well, anyway, 12 or 15. Pretty sure it's 12. Uh, <laughs> 15 would be even better to prove my point. So, like, the photo, Photoshop there. 15. The new, I know. I'm totally Photoshop 15. <laughs> the new changeup he had looked really good. So I think and like they there was a comment today from Pedro. It was like, we're not, we're not going to like go too far into it, but we saw some stuff that's going to be fixed, which makes me believe that like, yeah, he was tipping some pitches. So I think this rotation is going to be really good. I was really impressed with everyone. Even Mike Clevenger's start was like, okay, there's there's something there that they're going to be good. Yo, Moncada too, as good as the batting average has been. Like, Look, you, know, you get one hard take. You don't get well, to no, this is my hot, this, All right. Well, biggest takeaway that I was proud of my boy today. He got he had the foot injury, right? And Moncada of old is leaving that game, and he hung in there and he stayed. Maybe it's the new shoes, but that it's like the shoes, besides dude. the home runs, the batting average, like the fact that he stayed in the game after the foot injury. Played the rest of it and looked pretty good the rest of the way. That that was my biggest takeaway. Like my God is back, baby. He's tough now. I like it. A foot injury. Fuck out of here. I, I, I didn't get. That's <laughs> <laughs> kidding. Uh, no, I did like. Oh, that's a good one, Ian. Some of the velocities, though, with Kopik, his fastball average right now was at for that game was at ninety four, which 
it's not so, that far down yeah. from last year's. Like it's no. the lowest end, but it's not as like significant as everyone's making it seem. And it's the but first the, start of the year. Well, the bigger thing though, yeah, he's obviously going to ramp up because he's at the fifth spot for a reason because he was hurt. You know, he's coming back. But I did like how hard the slider was. It seemed like that went up. It was just stop throwing curveballs, please. Because I think he threw like what two or three curveballs, and both of them ended up in the parking lot. <laughs> so yeah, that was uh, he threw. You can five, count five curveballs. Oh, only one curveball got hit for a homer, but I just felt like all of them got fucking smoked. But I think part of it's the pitch tipping thing, oh, and he did I, top out at ninety-seven in like the first inning. So like the velocity yep. we know is there. So, so I'm here's not what worried about him. We, we talk about pitch tipping. Um, how many of his fastballs were hit at a high exit velocity, or was a it mostly lot. off speed? No, it was mostly his fastball. Mostly fastball. I don't, I'm not saying that I'm, I'm going to say that, that it'd be probably less inclined to think pitched. I mean, it's obviously got to be some sort of part of the problem, but it also could mean he was just flat and he had no movement. He had no yeah. late giddy up. I, that's what I think it was. I think his fastball was just flat as fuck. It looks threw, like a baseball. You might as well. He threw 51 fastballs that averaged at 94.4 miles an hour, and three of them were hit for home runs, and he only struck out two guys with a fastball. Yeah, yeah. That sounds like no movement. That sounds like everything looked flat, and it looked like large to you guys at the plate. But I think you, you still there could be some heat to the the tipping pitches too, just because I mean reading too. But if you're throwing 94 up and these dudes are just teeing off, it's mm-hmm. straight because I mean it, that's not good. You need to have that that movement. And that definitely the, the crazier part about that Kopex throw was that as bad as he was, was he gave five home runs for uh, in that fifth inning was he it, it could have been like a lot worse Luis robert made that great catch in center yep. field mm-hmm. there were a few other balls hit to the warning track like right at the wall like he wasn't fooling anyone uh no. the fastball didn't look good at all like after the i think he, i think he was throwing 97 96 in the first inning but after that you know it was back to like 94 95 at Remy best, will be the Pirates. His next after game. after his first start, Michael Kopech is at two percent when it comes to barrel percentage. He was finding barrels the whole start. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just uh, everything was just getting just like, crushed. Yeah, I, uh, I guess Mitch, to your point, I'm not in no way. I've already seen people say throw him back in the bullpen. I've already seen all this other bullshit. Just, just fucking relax. Uh, although you're up, Cubs. So it was like uh two for one because it has to do with each other david ross on the hot seat everyone's the the bullpen uh mitch you mentioned it uh last week we're talking about the preview and uh you know well like there's a couple no-name games at the bullpen or just some question marks uh to start off and there is and like that's the biggest part for me looking at some of these games the decisions of like should i pull this guy should i should i not pull this guy is that there are, uh, right now I'd say there's like two or three guys in the bullpen that by like the middle of the season, they're maybe not going to be in there. Like I'd give them like a 50-50 shot of like still being in the bullpen. So there's they still have to figure that out, where there's a few guys, who do you trust? Because again, it's not like they have a, a late shutdown closer either. Uh, and then the problem I have, though, with Ross in terms of the pitching moves, because, like, again, this isn't new to any team. Every single fan base is going to complain about their manager and their bullpen moves, mm-hmm. um, even on good teams, uh, is the inconsistency of when when do you pull guys? Mm-hmm. You know, on Sunday, Jameson Tyon was brutal. 
against the Brewers, high pitch count. He's out after four innings. Uh, and then after that, you know, Julian Merriweather goes in. He's bad. Uh, Rucker goes in. Few more runs score. You know, game games it turns into a blowout. Cubs come back a little, and like they go from nine to two and it's nine to five, and it's like it would have been nice if the bullpen could have shut down the Brewers for those couple innings. Mm. They didn't. Uh, the Drew Smiley start, you know, terrible. He goes, he goes bad. into the fifth inning, and you can see the entire game. He he only got like couple couple strikeouts. The Reds were on everything he was throwing. Um, he got, and the Cubs took a three run lead twice in that game, correct? Uh, three, and, and then they were up six to four when he gave up the oh, uh, the go ahead three run home run. Yep. And that was a situation where, like, you know, in that inning, so start off the fifth inning. So literally the game before you took out your starter in the four after four innings because he was struggling. Now you have Smiley out there, and like I guess yeah, you know you used a couple bullpen arms, but you have a guy you ha- and he brought in Keegan Thompson. This is what's so frustrating. The plan was it was going to be key. It was basically like a piggyback start. Like okay, a guy goes half a game, then guy comes in, he goes the next three four innings. Keegan Thompson finished that game three and a third innings, gave up one hit. If he like that was the move, just bring him in there because Drew Smiley was already he let let lead off single Kevin. He hit a batter, mm-hmm. and then he did get like an out. He got two outs, but he wasn't. He didn't look good. <laughs> like, so here's like, my make, question: Make the move there because the pitching staff, the depth at least, while there are guys struggling early on, like that that's, that is your strength on this team. Now, do you think that it, like especially that moves like that, or especially early on in the season? are a direct byproduct of what a lot of fans criticize David Ross about, which is he over-trusts veterans uh, almost to a fault. Um, and so he let Smiley go out there because, well, Smiley's a vet. He'll figure but it out. But that's the thing. It's not, it's not consistent, though, because James right. Tyon is a veteran. It's true. But he well, took him out. And he then doesn't know like, Jameson that well. There's like four, he's four innings done. That's true. There's maybe a little less uh, familiarity there, you know, with Smiley coming back. But uh, that's just the troubling thing. But again, once the bullpen gets figured out and there's better guy because that's the other thing you need like we saw with Reynaldo Lopez even when guys get into trouble if they can rely on strikeouts all right you'll 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 take the you'll take the heartburn for right. like 10 minutes if at the end a guy's gonna strike out the lineup and get out of trouble the Cubs just don't have a lot of that right now they have a couple of guys at AAA that can come up and do it but you know right now there's a few guys that in a couple months, are probably not going to be in the bullpen. So is this a byproduct of people holing up and letting Jed cook? Uh, the lack of bullpen depth, uh, letting Jed cook might well, have... Well, because like, uh, like, there are guys who are... That, that's their thing. There's guys who... Okay, so like last year, there are guys who had great second halves, right? So did they do enough to earn it? Like, like I guess. So yeah, like they, they were good. They, they did it in MLB. They did it against MLB teams. So you still want to give them that chance, I guess. But then, you know, there's a couple of guys that they like the stuff. Like Jul- Julian Mer- Merriweather is the, the prime example. Julian Merriweather, uh, great stuff, throws 98, does a great slider. The results in his career with Toronto weren't good. They weren't good. But it's like you see the stuff. It's like, okay, let's get him in. Let's mold him like. They want that as an organizational win. It's like, hey, we took this guy from somewhere else. He was shit there. We brought him in, turned him into something great, which they have with a few other guys in the past. So, mm-hmm. which is it's just that's the frustrating part. And then the, the, the lefty stuff, though, that is also frustrating because it, 
it's not totally their fault, but it, you know they're the ones making up the roster. Brandon Hughes was their shutdown lefty last year. He gets a knee injury middle of spring training. All of a sudden, they have no lefties. Yeah. Uh, maybe get they should. You're right, problem. Kevin. They should have given. Yeah. Uh, they should have given a uh, Chase and a call. Yeah. Yeah, he's doing fine over there in Detroit. But this is good. This is a byproduct. So you and I, you guys, are fucking laugh. But watching the game, obviously, uh, Wesneski, you get, you know, gives up that hit, and there's a guy in first. There's two outs. Lefties coming up. You know, two lefties, consecutive lefties, I believe. And I'm like, oh, I gotta take a piss. So I go to the bathroom. I, I tweet real quick. I go, oh well, he's pulling lefty left. I make, mention like, well, I guess he's going lefty lefty here. Blah blah blah. I go to the bathroom. I come back. It's not a lefty lefty. The Cubs had no lefties. They had to bring in Ruck, Ruck, Rucker, right? So he's a righty. Like I'm like Jesus. Like how bad is your your bullpen makeup when you can't? You have no lefty to fall on, like at all. That's that's not great. And you know we you know welcome Pedro, to being a White Sox fan because we have no lefties. Pedro, Pedro said Pedro said it best. You can lose in spring. You can lose a playoff spot in the spring. You, you, you got. It's not. These aren't meaningless games. And you know, I this goes into the sell uh, at the at the All Star break if they're not careful. I agree, and I understand the lefty lefty thing. But like, I'm more of like the guy has stuff than like I'm fine with the righty. Like, okay, take the Sox for example today. Like Ronaldo Lopez having to face, and now mind you, he was designed to face the righty, ended up walking him and having to face Jack Peterson. But like. If they're good, I'm fine with the righty facing a lefty. Like I would right take that like a stud coming in to relieve than like throwing in a Jake Diekman caliber pitcher just Ugh. because oh it's a lefty lefty matchup. Like manalytics over analytics. Manalytics, I like well, it. I mean, so, I mean they brought in a guy that has a career five ERA, so that's not I don't think that that was a move. And that and that's where and that's where the other bit of the overreaction kicks in too. It's like at the end of the day, you do you do just go with whoever your best pitcher is. Mm-hmm. Like like before, I would always be like 100% like, yeah, you go with the lefty-lefty matchup, you go to the righty-righty, mm-hmm. you look at the splits. But at some point, you do just go with who is your best guy in a big situation. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what the frustrating part – I'm I'm more uh, annoyed about the the Drew Smiley game when you know you're going to go to Keegan Thompson, mm-hmm. who is one of your best pitchers out of the bullpen. Yep. And like the, he was just – it was the batter too late. Where well, bam, three run home run, you're losing now. And we know this too. And we know this too for Ross to get on Ross too early. These guys are told these are the guys you have today. These are the only guys you can use today. So fucking make it work. And in his case, he might have gotten a really shit list for that ball game uh, because it was you know the the tweener game of a series. And you know here's David Ross going, hmm, eeny meeny miny mo. This shit sucks. And that's like you can't really blame them. It's not like the Cubs have a ton of established like horses yet. This year's all about like finding out like who those guys are, especially early in the season. So like yep. it's hard for me to criticize like bullpen moves, especially for like David Ross's position where he doesn't really know who those guys are yet. There's very few that you're like, yeah, this is a dude I can trust in a high leverage situation. He just it feels just, a step late. He feels a step late. He just feels like for some reason he feels like with with Patrick Wisdom. We don't know why Patrick Wisdom bunted to that situation. Oh my god. No. <laughs> <laughs> No, he, moves he told like, us why, Kevin. It was it was the hand. Thought, no, because he thought that was the best move for the Cubs in that spot. Yeah, I did defend him. That's dumb as shit. Yes, exactly. That's dumb as shit. So that's yeah, why I was so pissed off the day after. <laughs> he's like a move behind every single time. Like uh, it the, just feels like he's a step slow right now. I don't know. The, they need to catch up a little bit. Besides the bunting thing, the, the other thing, that, uh, the reason I bring up, you know, the the overreaction being like, oh, David Ross on the hot seats, because like. There are Cubs fans who he became manager in 2020, won the division, uh, and then got his talent traded in the middle of 2021. 
for the past like two years, the Cubs they've been a terrible, they've been a bad team. They have had a they, manager. They, they they've had bad players, bad pitchers who are not on the team who didn't were, weren't really ever good. Hmm. So it's it's really tough for me to go back and be and judge and like every single move because it's like well the guys he was going to were bad. Yeah. Like, like it's not like he he didn't have a lot of good options to go to. But this year, <laughs> this year it does matter because they're yeah. supposed to be competing. And they've and, and fans have bought in. Like I I'm fucking I'm drink, I drank the Kool Aid. I'm a hundred percent drinking the Kool Aid. You know, and we bought in. Like hey, good, good. Maybe I, again, I'm a dumbass. Yeah, I drink it like fucking Jim Jones is what I did. I drank Jim Jones's Kool Aid, thinking the Cubs are going to win the division, but. Uh, now, after watching five games, I, I probably am, uh, I definitely was drinking the Kool Aid. Might have, might have been snorting the Kool Aid. I don't even know. Um, but the fact is, you know, Rossi has had a year and a half plus of non-competitive baseball, and it's difficult to also flip that switch back into that high intensity as well. And it, I think David Ross. I know it sounds like maybe weak dick, but I think the dude deserves a little bit of time to finally get what it feels like to actually be in meaningful games again, because you know. It is hard when you're coaching, hey, we've literally gutted your roster and you don't have the horses, but hey, go make it work, buddy. And now he's yeah, got a little bit more of the horse games of P. Wizzy's bunting all the time. I was going to oh, say, geez. Mitch, with all this being said, if David Ross calls for another butt, a bunt for, uh, from Patrick Wisdom, two career sacrifice bunts in the majors, three in the minors, and more than 4,000 plate appearances, I will be calling for his job. <laughs> but I will say he's been writing good lineups, but I don't know if he writes the lineups or if it just comes from the computer. So I, I don't know. Chat GPT is out here. Uh, Bat Nico Horner first. Finally, someone said it. The AI finally put. Oh, yeah. That, that, that was locked in spring training. Jesus. Took long enough. So my uh, early season overreaction, Luis Roberts going to win a gold glove and Dylan Cease is winning the Cy Young. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> said an overreaction, but. Oh. Luis Robert, though, the way the he's biggest playing, thing really for me, I mean, honestly, though, those sound realistic. Those <laughs> yeah. are like reactions. The biggest thing for me, genius projections. At least one of them looks genius. Sounds genius. Well, so genius. Dylan Cease came out in opening day against the Astros and just put on a clinic. Shelved. It was absolutely masterful. He went out there, six point one inning pitch, two hits, one run. It was earned. Ten strikeouts against the defending champions. I mean, that's on their big banner night. Like, the hype was all. They hadn't lost on opening day in over, like, a decade, too. And the biggest thing, though, in those six innings, zero walks. Yep. That's important because of what we're going to talk about now. So, on Wednesday, the White Sox played Baltimore, or not Baltimore, San Francisco in a home game. Uh, The weather was pretty shitty, whatever, but it was Dylan Cease day again, so everybody was kind of pumped. He got it done, but it was like vintage, as you were saying, all the like vintage seats. He went five innings, five walks, eight strikeouts. And again, he only gave up one run and one hit, but the biggest thing was the walks. And although you said in the preseason show, the biggest knock that you have on Dylan Cease is how quickly his pitch count gets up there. So it's tough for him to go deep in games. And that was put on full display on Wednesday as he only, he had to get pulled after five innings. I think he was at like a hundred, he was at 99 pitches when he got pulled. Yeah. Um, but to that point, and I'm sure Mitch, you back me up on this as a white Sox fan. The positive on that is watching Dylan Cease walk these guys and Dylan Cease two years ago, completely crumbles. Yeah. 
is completely fucked. The whole start's washed. He's in his head. He's overthrowing. He's either going to throw fucking meat right down the middle or he's going to walk the guy. And it's just, it's a disaster. Flash forward 2023, April 5th, Dylan sees. Act like he didn't even care. And he came out there and kept pitching. You know, I would have Kept loved him in the game without having his best stuff, which yes. is that's when you know you've really matured as a pitcher. Exactly. I would have loved to have seen this game today, but uh, MLB blackout rules. That's San Francisco's one of the six here in Vegas. Jeez. I thought they stopped the blackout, but mm-hmm. radio only. The other thing with Cease in his start against the Giants, he was missing, but he was missing low and away. He was not leaving anything up. And the Giants, obviously, as Michael Kopech learned, are very much a fly ball team. So by missing low, that's how he kept kind of the Giants in check. And again, he only gave up the one hit and five runs or five Joe Kelly found that out. Yes. Uh, God, fuck Joe Kelly. God damn it. (laughs) Just tell Uh, him why. I put together a very beautiful. All right. First of all, death taxes and when dylan sees his plus money on the over of his strikeouts yes. you fucking hammer that yeah. and he's hit both times already this season and i tweeted it out on wednesday morning trying to make all you assholes money and i hope and some I hope of you took advantage of it because it hit again gambling laws. but i put together a nice little parlay dylan sees eight plus case he hit or seven plus case so he had eight i had webb with four plus case, he had four strikeouts, which I kind of sweated that a little bit, but he got there. So I was like, all right, I'm feeling good. And then I took the under at eight and a half. Two aces. Cold Two aces, weather. cold weather, shitty day game. Supposed to be a getaway day, but they have a game tomorrow on Thursday. Um, so I was feeling pretty good. And then the White Sox started putting up runs. And, you know, it's hard when you bet the under for your team because you don't want to tell them, like, don't score runs. <laughs> but then it's sitting at seven and one. Again, I had an eight and a half. So I'm sitting right there for some fucking reason. Pedro puts in Joe Kelly to pitch the ninth and Dick knows gives up two runs. White Sox win seven to three. Kendall Graves is looking pretty good right now. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking bitch. Um, So did you, did you, I don't know. I mean, this is incredible. I just, I just put on, I'm sorry. I put on the uh, White Sox game. Now I can watch it because it's Mm -hmm. delayed, whatever. First pitch of the ball game, knuckle curve for a strike. Like he was leading off wow. with a he was leading off against the Giants okay. with a lot of changeups. First pitch, change ups. throwing that first like the Jock's first at bat. He went Jock's up there, and you could tell he's the knuckles are turning white. He's ready for you know ninety eight up and in. Dylan just throws like a seventy eight mile an hour changeup low and away, and Jock was just like, "What the fuck was that, dude?" <laughs> that, was knuckle awesome. curve is, that knuckle curve is so effective against lefties because it has that downward dip and it pushes away. Yep. Plus, it looks like there's a little bit of wind. I'm not, I can't tell a little bit. I can't well, tell. It was, it was windy. I think fun, the home man. run he gave up was gobbled up by yes, the way. It was windy as shit, yeah. dude. It was, that knuckle curve in that wind is even dirtier because it does have that that additional movement that, again, like a, with, with that knuckle action that it goes mm-hmm. with. Just, yeah, it's that's all. That's awesome. I'm just sorry. I put on, I put on no, that. That's fine. That's also delay. what was good to see from Cease is that he didn't go away from the break. Here, stuff. real quick, while you're watching that game, Fitz, because I know mm-hmm. you're going to want to talk about this. On Wednesday against the Giants, Luis Robert went three for four. Uh, he's been hitting. Now, in the Houston series, Luis looked fucking lost at the plate. I mean, I know he hit a home run in the fourth game, whatever, but those first three games, and Fitz said something that resonated with me and after he said it watching those at bats it made complete sense he looked like he was up there 
completely guessing every pitch. He wasn't swinging. He was like overthinking. Like it, it looked like that gif of Zach Galifianakis with all the numbers and like yeah. addition yeah. symbols and stuff flowing around. Like he looked like that. It looked like kind of like a deer in headlights too. And the swings were bad. And I put up a tweet like somebody needs to fix him. He's too good for this. Blah blah blah. Like obviously something was wrong. And somebody in the White Sox organization, their new hitting coach or somebody, did their analytics job. guy they hired yeah. did their fucking job. And talk to him before the Giants series. And now he looks like his old self. He looks healthy. He's swinging the bat more confidently. But the work he's doing in the field is just insane. But it, it should be noted, too, the Astros. And I agree. He did look like he was guessing. The Astros, like, have, Astros have a great rotation. Right? One of the best pitching staffs top to bottom in baseball. You so know? if you're looking bad against them, it's not. But if you're, guessing, if you're guessing against that quality, you're in trouble, too. And, and I, he was. So the old coaching, old coaching cliche we use. Analysis is paralysis, and if he gets up there and he overanalyzes these things, and he, you know he's he's in his own head and he's not, or he's up there guessing, and you know, let's be honest, he hasn't seen a lot of professional pitching. He got to move up pretty quick, so he wasn't exposed yep. to like plans. He's just naturally just pissed on bad pitch calling, basically up until that point. Man. And now he's seeing people that can actually like locate and call a very good game sometimes. And they have they you know they have the scouting report out, but. The fact that he's not getting he, – he's so fucking gifted that he, everyone yeah. guesses a little bit, a little bit. But the then it's it's guesswork mixed with athletic ability that really separates these great athletes and these great yes. hitters. And he was relying too much on I – th- I mean, in a sense, you know, his 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 guesswork. And let's be honest, not every, I mean, if you're not a pitcher, you're not going to guess right. Right, you know, especially if you're not a former pitcher. I mean, some of these guys were pitchers when they were younger too, so they know somewhat how to like dot and move around the zone. And he didn't do that, so he obviously has an even lesser uh, understanding of like an approach from a pitcher. Um, you know, it but also, like, and correct me if I'm wrong, Fitz, because I know you were watching. It looked like he was focused really hard on trying to go the opposite field. Like mm-hmm. it looked like no matter where the pitch location was, he was trying to slap it into right. And that's why some of those swings look fucking awful so, in those first couple games. And then after, I wish I could. God, I wish I could show because I can't. I don't know if I'm allowed to share the screen. I don't know if I can. But let me show you if I can share the screen. If MLB hey, Network, real quick, oh. all twelve people watching this right now, be cool. All right, Feds, go ahead. You can share it. <laughs> Somebody, I ain't telling no one. Smokey back here taking a shit. Cool. Right, sorry. But, so right, it seems, but after those first three games, while you're getting this up, it looked like he's obviously stopped doing that and he was working on gap shots up the middle, which you should be doing. And that's where all these doubles came from. And the fact that after six games, he already has two homers and three RBIs is huge for him here. Go ahead. Well, look where he went with this. I mean, this is, this is post contact already. So he's look where his front side is. Um, It's just arm extension. He stayed back. Look at, he's not, look at his back leg. He's not driving much. This was hips. This was just hips and hands and less lower body. Because he saw and recognized the pitch, he saw it out of the hand, and because he's got great hands and athletic ability, he was able to flick the wrists and punch the baseball the other way. I mean, that, I mean, look at it from the side too. See, like he's coming through, but watch—he's already got that front foot down. Boom, way down early. So now he's got to readjust his hands, but because he's so physically gifted, just it's that boxing oh, strength in the off season, baby. You <laughs> <laughs> the shadow boxing. It was the shadow boxing for sure. Um, but no, that was huge and. I mean, as far as like areas that are of concern for the White Sox after the first six games, obviously in the Houston series, it was situational hitting. They left 
not exaggerating, 2,517 runners in scoring position in those four games. It was, we're all about facts in this show. Yes. I was trying to stay. Double check that, sir. Kind of one by one. I was trying to stay very positive. And the way I was trying to trick my brain, I was saying, like, hey, at least they're getting hits. You know, the every game in Houston, they had double-digit hits. But the first three games, they couldn't get over four runs. You know, that kind of tells you something. And they got in the fourth game because of Mankata in the ninth inning. But mm-hmm. that seems to be – I mean, that's something that you can figure out, dude. That's like – I'd rather them be getting the hits and this be a problem than them just not hitting at all. And this was a problem last year too, but I think a lot of it's just like they don't have that Jose Abreu run producing guy. So it's just other guys got to step up and become the guy that's driving in the RBI. And to that point, our young rookie, Mr. Colas, who not mad about how he's playing so far, but in that Houston series, he got a crash course on major league baseball situational hitting. Because he came up a lot with runners in scoring position. And both times, or a couple times he was up there, he was trying to hit the ball fucking over the train tracks in Houston. When all I needed him to do was choke up and just poke it into right center or something like that. But he was over, yeah, he was over swinging and he struck out. But again, I'm not knocking the kid. He's having a pretty good start to the campaign. He's batting 286. He's got six hits and 21 plate appearances. He's already got a double and an RBI. So he's getting all that off his plate. He already and has a nice base too. too. Like he had the bad at bat where he's stranding runners and yeah. like he didn't get disengaged like in the nope. field. Like the next, he makes a great play in, in the yes. outfield. And, and, he got, and he popped up into the, the ah, yep. yeah, that was awesome. I, this, that, is double. this is the double, by the way. Look at the point of contact there. Almost, I don't look at his back shoulder though. The ability of this athletic swing, he's golfing a moving golf ball at this point with where he has his hand set up. I mean, you as a golf swing, you know what this looks like. Yes. So, this is a driver shot, right? You deepen up and you get your arms extended, and yep. this is him now. Back shoulder, he he is, but look at his look at his hips where at he's still got his hands back in his oh, point baby, of contact. I'm staring at those hips the whole time. Yep, yep, yep. <clears throat> and so still <laughs> able to let the ball get deep enough, even though it's outer half, mind you, to drive it into the gap for a double. Like this is right. what makes it so like, boom. I mean, look where he's looking. He doesn't even finish. Like watch his finish. He's just choo. like, that's his finish. Uh, right I, there. I had like 15 jokes on a tee once you said he didn't yeah. even finish and he kept going. But I mean, look at that though. Like that's, that's a, that's a, just a chip shot. Just a but he's got such strength. He's got great hands. Uh, yeah. it's, it's impressive, man. It's uh, this is a cool. good thing for him when he stops guessing too much and he relies mm-hmm. on what he can do really well. The dude is elite as they come. Period. But so far in six games, the White Sox. Wow, that's a super even number. The White Sox as a team have fifty hits. In the Go, first pull back games. up that last image there. This is something I'd like to point out. Freezer right there. Yeah. <laughs> Stubber right there. Stubber right there. All right, now look at the coaching staff. This guy, not asking for any fan advice. This one, not falling asleep in the dugout. Other one, looks engaged, hands in the pockets, glasses on, looks like a badass. That's what a new and improved coaching staff will do. So, not asking, not asking for He looks like he knows the rules right there in the middle. This he, looks good. He, knows he looks like he just moved away from the rest of the coaching staff to go fart closer yeah. to the bat rack. And Oscar Colas is about to, to do. get the wrath of that gas. But you get, you get, their mouth, you get them with their mouth open right when they're going to grab their helmet. It's great. Welcome it's to the show, rookie. Andrew Vaughn uh, thinking about his farm. 
But to that point, Fonz I guess Air. we can go that way with it. On there. I don't know about you, Mitch, as a White Sox fan. I have a completely different vibe off this team than last year. Already. Totally. Already. Totally. You're seeing guys like Yoan Moncada sprint down the first baseline and get infield singles. Like that Any, didn't happen last that year. Infield single today? Everybody on the team, top to bottom, are sprinting yeah. to first. They're going from first to third. You know, our third base, new third base coach needs to, he's still learning his personnel a little bit. <laughs> Don't know why the fuck he sent Andrew Vaughn on Wednesday, but I like the hustle. I like how they're staying up. Even when they were down in games to Houston, you didn't feel like, okay, I can turn this off because there's no way they're coming back. Um, it's it's just a whole different thing. And then as we talked about on the season preview show, a lot of these guys had down years last year and there was zero chance that was going to all like the perfect shit storm was going to happen again. And I mean, we're already seeing Louis, a healthy Luis Robert Jr. making fucking Chanana play after Chanana play in the outfield almost every game so far this year. I think yeah. Wednesday was the first game you didn't have like a diving catch or a leap at the wall or something crazy. And the vibes look good. I know you're a big vibes guy. Like, huge. They look like they're playing for each other, which is like they nice do. to see. And then Liam's going to be back too. Big boost in morale there. Yep. Liam ringing the bell. That, if Liam ringing the bell didn't get you a little fired up, you're, I don't know. You might not have a heart. But Yohan Mankata, you go on the the White Sox batting stats page right now, it's just five pitchers of Yohan Mankata. He's leading the team in batting average, home runs, RBI, OBP, and hits. And let's be honest. Does last year's Yohan Mankata stay in the game Wednesday after tweaking his foot? No, he's – no, no he's already in a club in Northwest Indiana by the ninth inning. But <laughs> writing a new album. <laughs> but he, <laughs> he's playing phenomenal. And did you notice the first game is he had the bright yellow gear on? Yeah, the green. I, yeah, green. I don't think he liked it, so he switched to the green, and he's been rocking the green ever since. Which, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Uh, TA's doing TA stuff. Elvis Andrews. Elvis Andrews. Fine. Yeah, I'm good with that though. I'm absolutely fine with that. Because last year the team was a traveling funeral. And oh, so, I was gonna say he, he just yeah. wanted to get Hans or some uh some ABs. Which worked out. Hans are the people's <laughs> champ base yeah. hit in his first step bat. I, I feel like, like Damn, this is not good for my Leary Garcia propaganda. I feel like Hans is <laughs> gonna be the people champ on the yeah, south yeah. side. Hans Alberto also replaces Jose Ruiz when he gets DFA'd late yep. in the game. So those are gonna be the two um, people. I already talked about Oscar Colas. Alvis Andrews, thank God, he finally got that fucking 2000s hit. You could tell he was trying. Yeah. He was trying way too hard. He got that moved on. But the biggest thing, though, to me, can we talk about Yasmani Grandal? I want to talk about Yasmani yeah. Grandal. Let's talk about, Let's talk about Yasmani Grandal. My man, my man is healthy, and you can see it from a million miles away. And it's not even what he's doing at the plate. It's what he's doing behind the plate. (laughs) looks like a fucking honey badger back there. He's bouncing all over the place, stopping balls, keeping balls in front of him. I mean, he let one bummer wild pitch go away, but that thing was spinning like a top. It's like a 56 footer. There was no way he's getting in front of that fits. That was hilarious on Twitter when people were like, how can he not stop that? You're like, "Uh, have you ever tried (laughs) to stop a ball spinning 100 miles an hour on its side? Like, you're a moron. (laughs) But, uh, He's looking real spry back there, throwing guys out from his knee. 
Come on. The arm oh. is still questionable. And I know uh, part still, of that's holding the base runners on. Like they, they're stealing a lot of base on it. But the the defense does look good back there. I mean, we were talking about it on the playback too. Like mm-hmm. right after opening day, it was like one of my bigger takeaways with him was like, get the home run. He looks yep. spry. Yep. Behind we already got one. Yes, fuck you, Batrop. Which yep. oh, that gave me chills, baby. I was fired up when I saw that shit. Late in the game, too. Uh he's a king of clutch homers. Like 2021, yes. he had a lot of big home runs. But and don't, don't, take, don't take for granted the fact that he's throwing guys out either this year with as easy as it's been this year to steal a base as easy as it's ever been in the history of major league baseball. Okay. I just finally just saw Vaughn's double. Holy shit. That was also well struck yes. and also a very nice job to get his front foot down and just stick it back on the baseball and drive it. The yeah, other way. He definitely ripped that ball. Yeah. That ball that was well hit. He, he trusted his hands. Let it get deep, let it get mm-hmm. deep. And then you can really get a little bit of a little bit of a stick on it. Um, mm-hmm. But that, yeah, that, that, that's a, like oh god yeah that's when I love and yeah it's just you can already tell too there's already been a couple instances where you've been able to see he got hits where that's not a hit last year because of the shift Mm -hmm. and he the first time he did that he hit that piss little piss missile between the first baseman and second baseman worm burner yeah and he got to first base and he just had an ear to ear grin like fuck your shift dude (laughs) like I'm so glad that shit's gone um. But talking about stealing bases too, you know, we got the new guy in charge talking about be aggressive, be aggressive, be aggressive. White Sox already have five stolen bases in the first six games. That was not the case last year. I feel like T and you heard it in some like of Tim Anderson's interviews where like yeah. it sounded like he was alluding to like, Russo was pulling the putting the holding the reins a little bit. Amazing, phenomenal edge of your seat interviews. I, I've been saying it since spring training. Tim Anderson's the number one interview giver. Yes. But uh, I love seeing that. Uh, ben Tenney's got one. TA's got two. Alva's got one. And Colas got one. Yeah, man. We, all right. We've kind of been burying. Before we go back to the Cubs stuff, I feel bad. We've been dominating. But, like, we kind of been burying the lead with the Eloy injury here. Like, well, we got a question for Zoe too, but so we'll do, we got to do both. We yeah, got to. That is that is kind of important news. You're right, Mitch. We should probably. We'll go, we'll go. We'll go. We'll go back to Eloy. I got some thoughts on Eloy. Before before we swing back though, Zoe, for you, especially today, um, the discussion that you had on Twitter because for those of you who didn't know, if you were watching today, Tim yeah. Anderson got run. Um, he got run after his strike out. He was actually yep. uh, who was hitting? Was it was Robert that was hitting? Yeah. Or. He got and, called strike three on a pitch that was at fucking South Shore Beach. So the idea is Anderson got run, and and that, you know you were dealing with some some, some jamoke that was uh just out there like just shitting all over Tim for it. But the fact you know we talked about it a little bit. These guys are leaders in the clubhouse, and these guys want to prove to their teammates that they're going to go to hell and back in a gasoline suit for them. And mm-hmm. part of that building that trust back, I believe, for all these guys after last season. Some of these guys are going to go above and beyond the call. And I think the fact that Tim Anderson today had Luis Roberts back, not his own, but Luis Roberts back, um, is a, is just, again, you bolster that clubhouse. And it, it that is one of those, you know, what was, what was the score? Uh, what was it? Four, one, seven, one. We no, got it, was, it was still pretty early. Yeah, it was still it was pretty early. early. Yeah. Which is even better because look at how the game ended up. Look at look at how his he his teammates said, mm-hmm. fuck, yeah, let's go. Fuck I this. I agree, group. but it's kind of like a pick and choose your spots type thing. If this is like, like one of the ALDS, then like. No, but well, it's no, a, it's but a game against the Giants in April. Exactly. Yeah. So that's absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. But he's building the tra- – he's the guy. He's basically saying, you know, in the, in the scheme of things, he's walking up to the biggest, tallest badass in the room and punching him in the jaw and saying, I've got your back. Yep. Uh-huh. Let's go. 
And that is so beneficial for a clubhouse that these guys, and I'm sure that nobody gave a shit that he got kicked out of the ball game. In fact, I'm sure someone's buying him a beer tonight. Um, say thank you because that was that's what you do man you go and these guys sometimes plan their shit let's just be honest managers go i I, don't, I, mean, we, I told you guys today i don't know how many times i'm like hey i'm gonna get run this inning i don't think ta was planning that he was still pissed off yeah, 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 no, i think it's almost right. like one of like he knows when to pull back too he knew what to say when to say it and he knew that he knew that the juice was worth the squeeze on that. Yeah. It's almost and, like a hockey fight when you're trying to change the momentum. So you try and start a fight to like get the guys going. And it's not like, cause like I saw a lot of people like the argument was like, well, that's stupid. He does this all the time. It's not like last year where we like bumped the umpire over something stupid. This was like no. you said, defending a teammate, trying to prove a point where like it gets everyone fired up. It's just not mm-hmm. being an issue. Um, being thrown out this, was, something stupid. this was about the he, not the me. Yeah. Yep. No, I still I think agree. it was at the, the, the his strikeout though. I know it oh, came no, after he the was, Roberts strikeout, but he it was, was fired he was up about that. He, and it, so if you didn't watch the game, Tim called for time. He backed out of the box. He didn't get the time from the ump. Webb threw one right down the middle for strike three game at bat over. So he was still hot about that. But then he, the first, whatever, three or four pitches to Robert, he didn't say anything. And then that horrible strike three call came from Robert and he just went. Ballistic no, out of the dugout. But I think the I think the majority of the that angst was on the. Oh no! It it was built up, and to Fizz's point though, he during the first couple of pitches that Robert at bat, he probably was just sitting there going, "Fucking, I'm doing it." Well, here I'm seeing it right here in uh in when there's one two in the count, he says something when he digs in. Um, he, he, he asked for time. Stone yeah, was, all was trying to step was, out. Yeah, yeah. And then the same you got exact thing Manny Machado did. Yeah, it was, the, it was like the Machado thing. So he's out. He goes back to the dugout. Not super happy. I thought he was going to get ejected there when they got strike three. Like, you a little bit. Yeah, like when he was just, like, walking away. Yeah, Yeah. he's going to turn around and say something here. Yep. He's in the dugout. He goes back. Lewis Roberts already seen a couple pitches. He's got his gloves off. He's getting loose. He's he's putting his shit down. He takes his helmet off. Still, it's still a 1-1 count. Nothing coming really from the dugout just yet. But... So it looks like he was... He didn't look like he was stewing by any means. His body language didn't give stew... Oh, and you'll then, see. Then strike, then strike two. So now strike two hits, and that's not a strike. So that's the first pitch. That's a bad call. Um, it should be a two-one count for Luis Robert. And then strike three, not a strike. So two straight bad eight inches off the dish calls. Uh, that's enough. Yep. Uh and the funniest thing though, you can clearly see TA yelling at Webb being like, You're soft. He was mad soft. that Webb threw that pitch. It's not even close. strike three because he's just like, you could have just stepped off the rubber. You're soft as shit. You were scared. Like The White Sox do not respect between said, Ron and now T.A. They do not respect the Giants. Right. You, new now, rivalry. Giants, 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 White Sox. And hold the ball if I call time. Hold now, here, here's something that I find kind of funny. It might not have all been out of T.A.'s mouth. There's somebody else yelling right Elvis. over his left shoulder, too. Elvis. So Elvis. if Elvis said, fuck you, bitch, fuck. Like, and, oh, that's Tim Anderson because it's, it's like a parrot on his fucking shoulder. I, it, it was Tim Anderson. You don't, we don't Tim have to. Nuts, it was Tim no, Anderson. No, T.A., you can see, especially right it before he T- leaves. Uh, I want to this over. He said something about his mother. Yeah, and he, he said soft like a thousand times. Yeah. Here it is. Ready? It so looks like a fucking Charmin commercial. He's pissed. God, I want to go back. I want to go to the thing where he gets. Because he's just also. Has he gotten run yet? No. Yeah, he's he already. No, he got ran. He's he got ran. ran. He's yeah, he's now, grabbing yeah. his shit. And he keeps saying, You're motherfucking soft. I love it. That's two. Which, 
Which, we... by the way, and he I mean, points well, right at Webb. You're soft. Points at him too. <laughs> Which, by the way, it's it's not in the picture to be like, all right. No, you can't vote yeah. Webb there. Yeah, you can't. Oh, like, no, here, Fitz, leave it there though. I wanted, I wanted just how bad strike three was on this. Oh, here it comes. Oh, no, right here. Brutal. This up with well, this strike two. Look at him strike two. This up helped. Uh, yeah, he was trying to help the parlay for Zoe. Yeah, that's bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you should you should be happy with that. Two one count in a two one game. Ta was trying to mess up your parlay. Yeah. <laughs> and then there you get you strike go. three, which is even worse. Dude, that wasn't so even bad. close. Look at the picture too, like yelling in the deck. Yelled out. That's when TA started. TA started yeah, yelling out right away. Get a strikeout, motherfucker! Jesus, not even close. A sinker up in the zone too, buddy. Yeah, there we go. See, look, they're both yelling. Come on, like, see. Elvis is like trying to be Elvis like, like, come on. <laughs> wait, wait. Elvis if you go back 10 like, seconds, like, Elvis just looked at TA like, oh, oh shit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, you're, you're actually really mad. Cubs fan, shout out. Yep. <laughs> oh, 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 yeah. He, said you're he doesn't want that smoke. That, no. That's a man that's like, no. no, I love that. <laughs> I love that Giants pitcher in the Banshees of Inishiran. I was gonna say Lo- Logan Webb, Logan <laughs> Webb, and Andrew Vaughn can star in the movie from like someone, 1920s. Someone tweeted America. out a picture of Logan Webb at like the beach, and he looks like a bag of milk. So he's not <laughs> trying to fight fucking <laughs> Tim Anderson. That would be a, a massacre. But let's uh, switch gears, go back to the Cubs because I see it in the the comments here. People want to talk bullpen. We will get to you, Lloyd. And and both sides of. Uh, both sides of town aren't having a really great bullpen. Uh, right now, we got someone say, call up Ben Brown. Service time is in the way. I don't know how you guys feel about that. Um, and yeah, then he'll... Logan Webb does look like that. So, you better have the money here, see? I don't know. Where, what, are you guys, what are you guys vibing with with the Cubs bullpen? Well, the bullpen uh, like I mentioned earlier with the overreaction with the David Ross and the decision. Like, there's two guys, uh, Jeremiah Estrada, who came up last year for a bit. He's going to get called back up eventually. He's good. Throws 96, 97 plus, can touch 100. He's going to get called up. Cam Sanders, who I think his dad played for the Cubs. Kevin, do you remember? Sanders? Like Sanders Scott Sanders? Scott oh, Sanders. I think that I think Scott Sanders is is his dad. Scott Sanders. Um, Sanders. What's his name? Uh, well, it's Cam Sanders for the Cubs. He's going to come up this year. Probably he was nasty. Uh, another guy who was they got an LSU reliever. They tried to they tried him out as a starting pitcher, but he's back to relieving. He's been nasty. So those are the two main guys. Ben Brown. Uh, I think he's probably like a year a year away still. We saw a little bit of him uh, during spring training. Scott Sanders. Uh, oh, that's right. Oh shit. Yeah, Scott Sanders. Yeah, Cam yeah. Sanders. Son, yeah, he's, he's, he's probably gonna make Scott his debut. Sanders sounds like a guy that it was the dad on like a '90s sitcom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> played by Alan Thicke. Yes. Uh, I thought because well, the Cubs also had Scott Sanderson in the 1984. Uh, so they're the two main guys that I think. And then you know we're talking about the lefties. Brandon Hughes. He's ramping back up down in extended spring training. He, I hope he's back because he he was one of their better relievers last year. And again, he's probably like their only solid, dependable left-handed option right now. Hopefully he's back before the end of April. Those are really the three main guys that I'm looking at that are going to come up. Um, but yeah, I mean, like Michael Rucker, 
like, okay, he's been a long, long time with the Cubs. I think he was drafted by the Cubs, worked his way. He's been on the 40-man roster. The Cubs like his stuff. Uh, the overall numbers haven't been that good, but last year, I think, after he was called up uh, after July, he had like a two, two-and-a-half ERA, something like that. Um, Julian Merriweather, uh, it's, I, I, I mean, I'm going to say it, but probably tricked by the spring training magic. But you know that's a that's a guy who needs to have. I, I talk about I talk about all the time how Eric Hosmer. I want the Cubs to have a short leash on Eric Hosmer. It goes with some of these pitchers too, mm-hmm. like uh, Julian Merrill. That he needs to have a short leash because he doesn't have a track record of success. Like he oh. can, he can't be out there for three months, uh, being terrible. Uh, He's got the last name from somebody that was part of the Fellowship of the Ring, for God's sakes. Uh, and then like the, the the other guy who like barely got on the roster and the only reason was because he's good against lefties is Mark Leiter Jr. Uh, so th- like those are a couple guys who, you know, I was mentioning earlier, 50-50 shot that they're even still in the bullpen by the summer. Yeah. Oh, oh and-, and by the way, a lefty, Kevin, you, I mean, you called it back, uh, back in the beginning of March. Maybe it ends up being Drew Smiley that goes to the bullpen. <laughs> mm-hmm. Perhaps it is. Do you, you think that's on, do you guys think that's on the table for Smiley? Like they would well, do that? It would it it would be. It to be on the table if Cape Killian hadn't gotten lit in his first start at AAA as well. I, I think Killian it's more dependent on Kyle Hendricks coming back. That too. That's all. He's sitting there in the wing with. He's like that meat lover's pizza in the trunk. But Kyle Hendricks hasn't been great over the last couple of years either. And that's oh, Mitch, did we just Mitch, lost Mitch. Mitch not hear about the Cubs bullpen anymore. <laughs> When um, we've talked about it before on the show too, although in the past that your bullpen, when you open the season will not even remotely be close to the same exact bullpen that you see towards the end of the season. It's just, right. it's such a, it, and that's what makes it such a hard life. And Chasen's told us that on the show a few times, Shreve who's with the, with the Tigers is that you know, he was with the Cardinals. He was with the Mets, with the Yankees, you know, he's with the pirates that, that as a reliever, it, you're one or two bad consecutive outings from, DFA central. I mean, and, and, and so for these guys, it had happened so fast. The turnover is so quick and you get a guy with dead arm. They don't have time to wait on you. You're, you're getting paid league minimum. Fuck off, get out next guy up, you know, and they do, they bring these guys and they move these guys around quite a bit. And so, you know, this, the, the Cubs bullpen wasn't built from the start to be a successful bullpen. It'll eventually hopefully get better based on some moves, but it does show again, how serious were the Cubs about winning in 2023? If, you built a bullpen that was knowingly not, re- you know, you, you prefer right. to deal in exclamation points, not question marks. I guess I'll put it that way. Cause I mean, the Sox are sitting in the same situation. Mitch brought up Jake Diekman earlier, Jake Diekman in a high leverage situation. Very bad. Jake Diekman, when you're up seven one against the giants, very good. He can be the new <laughs> Jose Ruiz. Who's no longer yeah. good in the low leverage situations, which is what he used to excel at. Mm-hmm. The Burn other thing me. I've already seen a couple of people say, like, fire Jose Ruiz into the sun. Dude, did you guys watch the World Baseball Classic? Oh, yeah, his sh- one great inning for Venezuela. Yeah, you tell him, Mitch. I just you need tell one. Him, Mitch. I just no, need that one. That was totally All cool. I need from Jose is you one. look at the nut. Yeah, that was. I just need one. All I need from Jose is one inning. I'm not trying to three inning save or nothing like that. Just go out there. He worked a change up. It was looking good. But, in one inning, though, in that World Baseball Classic, yeah, though, two. for like an entire career of evidence. Yeah, Mitch, two innings. Yeah, two innings, bud. All right. Well, but... <laughs> I'm with you, Mitch. That it's Mike like Trout strikeout is what's going to like save his ass the rest of the season. He's going to be pitching like dog shit with like a four, like 60 ERA. And they'll be like, yeah, but that Mike, strikeout, uh, that Mike Trout strikeout, though. 
I think he can stay that, out that's the that's another big thing about the Cubs bullpen too is they have Javier Assad in there who's a, you know starting pitcher who's who's in the bullpen and the, that's a guy who last year when he came up he had a great season uh in the minor leagues like a sub 3 RA was doing great a lot of weak contact but that's a guy who had a a below average strikeout rate and walked a lot of guys so he got pretty lucky that he, that his overall numbers mm-hmm. were as good as they were now in the World Baseball Classic, he was throwing ninety-seven. He was throwing it past everyone uh, in that game against the United States. Looked great against Japan. Uh, I think it was Japan or no Puerto Rico. It was Puerto Rico in the, in the quarterfinals. Uh, and but the but the situation that happened on Saturday was like, okay, you you pitch him for one inning, looks great, shut down, got a couple strikeouts, and then Ross brought him out for a second inning. And you know this guy has had trouble with walks and like just losing the strike zone. And what does he what does he do? Gives up like a walk and a single, and then a guy or a walk, and then I don't know. I think it was a leadoff single, and the guy's trying to bunt, and Assad just can't throw a strike. (laughs) And then bam, it's too late. You already got another jam. You get into an even bigger trouble, and it's Mm -hmm. like, well, how are they going to handle Assad now? Because you do want to take advantage of a guy can go two to three innings. However. If he, if you if he walks too many guys, you're gonna get into yeah. a lot of trouble consistently. I don't like Keegan Thompson, you know your I trust bullpen. Keegan Thompson all the time. Yeah, that dude's been uh, lights out as a reliever. This is how you know your bullpen's bad if you're a Sox fan. Missy says Deekman's the league's favorite person she has on the team, and all he's done is look like Zoe and pitch bad. We still have Mike Clevenger on the roster. And <laughs> well, is that, now first, that first thing, portable. that first thing is punishable enough, but. <laughs> I just don't – there's, like, three guys I trust right now. Now, the White Sox are going to get Crochet back, which Fizz's guy has told us he's actually fucking throwing lightning bolts. I'm so excited. For yeah, and they need a lefty because right now they got Deekman and Bummer. Bummer oh, does look good. Need, like, oxygen. Bummer looks better. I feel like old Bummer's showing up right now. Uh, he's spotting his pitches a lot better. He got a little bit squeezed in his first uh, appearance this year, but I'm, I'm very – optimistic about Aaron Bummer this year. The stuff but, is filthy. It's always yeah. injuries with him and then yeah. sometimes he gets in trouble with the wall. Yeah, but Deekman sucks. Uh, you guys know I don't trust. Rank your rank your shit list as uh, your White yeah, Sox bullpen shit list. Because from, of Joe Kelly. from like highest on the shit list to like I trust you? Yeah. Uh, go with like, who you don't trust. Like, yeah, who, who, like, yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll who don't you trust we'll... at all right now? Joe Kelly. <laughs> Graveman. No, Over Joe Kelly, Ruiz? Joe Kelly, Deekman, Ruiz, Graveman. Uh, oh, that new kid looked pretty good. What's his name? Santos. Yeah, I like that. What I like what Santos, I was with him. He, he can throw. So I'll go Santos just because he's a kid. Uh, what about Jimmy Lambert? You trust him? Jimmy Lambert. Lambert, Lambert just because I found out that he comes out to knock if you buck. Which, by the way, Jimmy still has not earned that with me yet. I do not <laughs> do not appreciate Jimmy doing that without my permission. Uh, he has four appearances, no runs, one hit. Like yeah, that's Jimmy's awesome. fine. Jimmy Lambert, he's the new, he's the new Jose Ruiz. And then, but good, but good. Dallas Keuchel never. How are his changeups though? Up in camp one year, so Dallas Keuchel approved Jimmy Lambert before <laughs> the like, 2019 season. And I know everybody was crying about it, but I think there's a lot of things you can be hopeful for with Raylo. Oh yeah, that I'm was a huge strikeout what, Wednesday. I'm loving what I'm seeing with Raylo with. Just the the movement on the pitches, the velocity, the the accuracy that'll come. Um, but I love seeing I love what I saw with Raylo. Now Ian, 
I know you're in the comments right now. For those of you that don't know, we're going to have him on the show soon, but Ian knows all about White Sox farm system. He's very plugged in down there. Ian, is there any kid that could be coming up for this bullpen? Because I like that Oscar kid. And how are Rami Gonzalez's dental records? I know he had teeth problems. Betting <laughs> him from hit, hit Although we have some minor league stuff to talk to, by the way, Cubs related. Just happened today. We'll talk about all that. The, all the Cubs. The Iowa Cubs right now. No, Whoa. not the Iowa Cubs. Not, we're not going to take that L. All right. Well, while we're waiting for Ian to give me a name for a relief pitcher that can come up, what what's going what's down the, in the Cubs minor farm? league news? So today, uh, because of your dude, your boy Gunnar Henderson graduating to major league ball player, Cubs twenty twenty two first rounder Cade Horton, the MLB top one hundred prospect list, making it now wait, four Cubs in the top one hundred. Uh, Caleb, wait, I'm sorry, Cade. Cade Horton. Horton, sorry. Is it Horton, Horton or Norton? Horton. Horton. Like catching an M in there? Is it Pam Horton. or Pam? Like Horton, here's a Horton. who. Horton. Well, I will call him Norton. But he's going to be called Norton a lot by Cup by Chicago fans because they'll just say his name wrong. And we do have an official report from our uh, sideline reporter who ranks if players are hot or not. Jimmy Lambert, that ain't it. Sorry, buddy. That's official. Sorry, Jimmy, you're mid. <laughs> yep. Sorry, you're a mid, you're a mid reliever. Uh, that sounds like he's way below mid. Yep. See what that, even, that sounds like that's, low, yeah, <laughs> down. That sounds ugly. So, that sounds like Jimmy's down bad. Yeah, Jimmy down bad. <laughs> Jimmy down bad. Yeah, but so, I'm still mad that he comes out to knock if he's back because that's just that's just that song is sacred and he's fucking up. But go ahead. So for Cub fans to know now, Pete Crow Armstrong ranked 27th. Kevin Alcantara, who's like one of my like I, I stand that dude a big time. I've heard that guy's name for 12 years. Uh, no, you haven't. No, I know, you but haven't. it feels like it. it 20 years like, old. It feels because like I've heard his name. He's a dead horse. <laughs> you were you were there in the hospital room when he was delivered. I yeah. probably was. Yep. Uh, so Kevin Alcantara is 86, and Cubs prospect we Brendan Davis. Brendan Davis, it's true, and and gamblers. The uh, Brennan Davis, who has been like the Cubs' like pride and joy prospect, is actually third behind Alcantara at 91. And then Cade Horton sitting there, who hasn't pitched a single professional inning yet, by the way, starts here in a couple like what about a week or so. Yeah, he pops in at uh, at 100 just on uh, on on uh, rumor alone. So that's solid. Now just the name alone, Horton. That's Horton. That's here's some, a who, there's baby. something there. Horton here. What well, we got to come up with an idea there. Horton here's a Horton, what? Horton here's a K. Uh, Horton here's a whiff. I don't know. Horton, Horton here's, here's a, a K. Just sounds racist. So ooh, let's ooh. go. <laughs> Some else. But Ian, for the White Sox, Horton K's a foo. Sorry, no. Never mind. Uh, Lane Ramsey will come up if Declan Cronin can settle his brain. He Lane Ramsey. Both of their sinkers are deadly. They both trained at Treads Pitch Lab. I'm in, sold. I have to go with I have to go with Ramsey on the name alone. Lane sold. Ramsey. Now I agree with Baloney in the comments here. Bring back Bennett Sosa just so we can hear Love Sosa again. Because that no, was a, that, I don't was think a good... I don't think you want that. Lenin fits better than Bennett if we're gonna do Love Sosa. And that's fine, but I'm I'm I won't get over knock if you buck for Jimmy Lambert. I think it's pretty bad when the Cincinnati Reds DFAU. Not for a guy named Jimmy Lambert that looks like toast. He looks like a piece of toast. Hey, you he's know what? Bad. He's put Summer- in scoreless innings. He can come out to whatever he wants. That's <laughs> fair. That's fair. That's fair. I'll give you that. It's a little bit. It's it's not tan season yet. Hey, look, he hasn't won the pool yet. Too. No. Give him some time. <laughs> come out of the pool. 
Oh, it looks like uh, you know. Because you should do a video to that as Jimmy Lambert for next year's. That's uh, a terrible idea. I'll be out in the first round. <laughs> hey, that's what you said about. Like, that's what you said about the duet. Yeah, that's true. Banger. You gotta trust us. Record show. Yeah, somebody was at the end. At the end, Jimmy Lambert makes a cameo appearance. Somebody thought that could be good. I feel like he doesn't. I feel like he's a lot of free time in the office. But the biggest thing that gives me hope about this bullpen: a couple things. I like what Bummer looks like. I like what Raylo's got going on, and then the fact that Garrett Crochet is coming back in May, and that Liam Hendricks rang that bell, dude. That was awesome. I know we've already talked about it, but he's going to be back in May too. They said they're going to have to like literally like tell him no because he wants to get back right away, and he'd be thrown right now if he could. Yeah, I mean. That's going to be huge. Well, I mean, let's be realistic. We don't know what Liam's going to be when he comes back, but I got a feeling. He's always he's, rough beginning yeah. of the year, too. So. And I then, think it's going to be a similar thing to like Lance and last year. Like yeah. they, these guys didn't get a spring training. That's going to maybe not be that great right off the bat, but mm-hmm. once they get back in their groove. And I'm Liam, confident. Here's, I'm here's confident. my question Go about on. his treatment, too. I don't know. And has he talked much about it? I, I, I haven't seen him speak much about it but um through his treatment like i mean it's not like he was completely incapacitated i mean no. you can kind of grow was, if you're feeling like if you feel good yeah. yeah yeah so he's not like just like i haven't picked up a baseball since you know i was diagnosed like oh, did you see what he looked like when he rang the bell he's jacked strong. dude yeah that's what i'm saying like it, the ramp up's going to take some time because you want to be safe with him and and you want his 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 um endurance to be strong because he's his bounce back because he has you know in essence put some poison into his body and that's got to flush out that's going to take some time but at the same time you're also getting a guy that is like in full-on rocky balboa mode at this point man oh, when yeah. someone comes back from this type of diagnosis and they they ring that bell forget it like those these guys this is these are special these types of things lead to special performances. Look at John Lester. Look at I mean, I'll, I'll use Cubs examples, Lester and Rizzo, just in general, those two guys. Um, but anytime you see, you know, hear or see something like that, these guys, they, there's something that comes back that, that, that has that extra dog in you, because you know what? Sometimes oh, they get that, they take the game for granted. They take everything for granted, whether it's just having air in their lungs or a ball in their hand. And now they're coming back and like, I told myself if I was able to come back to this game, I'm not fucking letting up. And that's what you're going to get with a guy like him. Like Speaking that. And, and he already is there as a human. Like he's already, that's his passion. So like he's of entrance music though, Liam Hendricks underrated that rage against the machine queen yep. remix. He's got going that when they solid. do the lights and everything. I mean, that come on, like, it gets me fired. I can't wait for the first night game on oh. the South side. Cause I'm, Last year they started. Was it last year or two years ago when they started flashing the lights during the fireworks? During two the years ago, night? yeah, yeah. And the first dope, time you dude. saw that, oh, it was yeah. like, "Oh, this is." Yeah. I know all these teams are trying to replicate it. The Red Sox are trying to uh, knock it off. They've had it here in Vegas for like five, six years. So it, it's it's been around. It's it's been a triple. It's the new LED lights that you don't have to turn on, so you can just turn them on and off. They're pretty don't awesome. Be, don't I mean, be Buzz Killington over sorry, there. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> don't, don't be Buzz Killington over there, Buzz. The White Sox didn't start that. They didn't start that, but I they didn't were. Say they I just said it was dope. They They're always knock off. Uh, no, like the White Sox will always steal ideas. Which, like remember they had the Chris Sale like K Zone. Like that was yeah. completely knocked off from King Felix I mean, in Seattle. Kids have like, been flickering lights on and off since like the dawn of lights. You're not stealing. You're just simply just you're joining the trend. That's all, and it's an awesome trend. And making awesome. 
You know the what? Bush, the bushes in center that? field, copied Wrigley, the green I seats. I don't Wrigley. think Wrigley. I, I do. I don't think Wrigley has the lights to do that, do they? Um, they don't have the. They have to install some of those. I mean, God, you get like a, a fish show out at uh, Wrigley, and you can really fuck with some people. But man, I, I, I love that. I love that they're just getting Speaking excited. Of, uh, crazy light shows. Did you see the Dodgers trying to like run a rave between guys warm-ups on oh, opening day? <laughs> I did not. Uh, oh. The umpires, the umpires literally stopped because like, I, I think it was literally like between innings when like a pitcher, a, a pitcher was doing his warm-up pitches and like they were doing the flashing lights and like uh, turning off the, the stadium lights almost and like bringing in their flashing lights and the umpires like you guys need to knock that shit off. Like this guy, <laughs> this guy has to warm up. He can't oh, see the catcher. All right. Well, it looks like here, it looks like the Dodgers are doing it now this year too. Hold on, let me. Show yeah, you. I think that's exactly that's what. This is a done. By the, way, by the way, Trace Thompson <laughs> is just raking again this year. All, all the former Chicago outfielders, Jason Hayward. He had the one three home run game. He's not really raking. Yeah, let's talk about that. Like that happens all the time. He had one three homer Seb game. It it cool all Seb already did it. It's not cool. But here, watch. You have already did it. Piss missile. Oh, God. This is a grand slam. No, it's not. Remember, everybody be cool about it. On the screen, though, Aldo. But here you go. Ready? That was a mistake. On the yeah, it's a three-run homer, but they put grand slam on the screen. Did you see that? Yep. That's what you were reading. It wasn't a grand slam, Aldo. It's not grand slam. But it, no, look at the screen. It said right. Grand Slam on the <laughs> yep. on the ticker. But they do the, they they got the lights going a little bit. Yep. Dodger Stadium is a fun place to see a game. It's just a pain. Fucking hell, getting getting out. Out What's worse, uh, getting Whoa. out of the Sox game or <laughs> no? Not even nothing. Not even close. Yeah. Like Dodger Stadium, you getting might as well into in your a carpet. Sox game or getting out of a Dodger. Day games are not that bad Ooh. for the Dodgers. I went to a Sunday one. There wasn't that bad. What it was weird. Like the Wednesday night game though was a lot worse than the weekend. It is a disaster I've, getting out on the ones like I've seen out. enough games there to like I, I hate it. Like I hate it. You know what you do? You go get some Philippe's right down the road. Then you come on up, which is they have they're like the original French dip, by the way, if you didn't know. And then you come up and you get there. You got to get there before like batting practice. Like you go out there, let, hit around the tailgate time, and you'll be fine. Security getting in if you wait until you get again because everybody in LA they show up like at around like if it's a seven oh five first pitch, they're showing up like seven ten. So. It's it's and that's another reason why it's not they're just getting there late they're stuck in the traffic getting in yep. but getting out it's so bad it's horrible it's it's, it's so horrible bad. talk radio and a good playlist is the only way to survive if you're if you're not driving and you're the passenger I'll just listen to pinwheels and ivy while you're drinking a lot of beer. Beer. we a still lot haven't of talked about Eloy yet is there any mm. cup stuff I was gonna say it last uh, injury update say Suzuki oblique out since what the twenty fifth of February. Mm-hmm. He's playing in uh, extended spring training games in Arizona, but probably gonna go on a rehab assignment on Friday. So That's he good. could be back in a week, ten he days. He'll hit the over for the homers projection. He could, hey, yeah. Hey, hey. Yeah. So Aloy got hurt running from first to third, apparently. Um, oh wait, wrong one. <laughs> grass is green, water is wet. The sky Eloy is, is blue. Hurt. Eloy is hurt. I mean, <laughs> what do you? So only two weeks. It's yeah, and I mean, direct director of the fourth. Well, that's yesterday. Never mind. God dang it. Sorry. I we talked about this in the our our group chat during the day. You would hope that him getting hurt, having not played one pitch in the field, would show him like 
bra. You shouldn't play the field. You gotta be a DH. <sighs> it won't. I have an excuse. I was gonna ask you guys, and I guess I could have tweeted at him, or uh, but I saw Josh Nelson tweet out something interesting after the injury was announced. That uh, paraphrasing here, how you know, maybe Eloy doesn't uh, take the the pregame warmups as serious as other, as other guys. Well, I don't know if that was okay, speculation, so was... him, or if that's what he's been told. But... It's interesting, and that's what was so discouraging about this injury. Kind of like going off that. Not to say that he doesn't work hard, but if you were to line up everyone on the White Sox and say, like, which guy do you think works the hardest in the offseason, Eloy probably wouldn't be on that list. He lost a lot of weight, though. And I almost equated it to Anthony Davis because the report's like he ate like shit during the offseason, didn't work out, and lo and behold, he gets hurt all the time for the Lakers. So, like, Eloy kind of felt like that. It's like, yeah, well, maybe he's not taking care of himself. He gets hurt. But then you see him coming into spring training this year. Baby fat gone, looks like he's in the best shape of his life. It's like, okay, I'm confident he can stay healthy. And then you get an injury, less not even an injury that would be avoided if he stretched properly. And and now it's kind of just reaffirming what we all knew. Like you and someone put it in the chat earlier, you can't rely on Eloy. Every time he's in the lineup, it's a luxury at this point. And that's why honestly, I don't even think I mean it sucks not having him because I think if he could be healthy, he's like a 40 plus home run guy, but it's not that big of a loss because we've been playing without Eloy in the lineup for the majority of his tenure on the White Sox. And mm-hmm. we got a guy like Jake Berger who basically does the same thing at a much lower level, but DH that can hit not as well as he lived, but he can. So I think he can survive losing Eloy because they've been functioning without him ever since he's been in the White Sox. So it's not an yep. end all be all. It would be a bigger loss right now if we lost y'all. Or a little they're, they're still talking about uh, and shit in the chat. And nothing to do what we're talking about. But and I'm like just it. keep um, going, but real quick, just uh, that. My my buddy Michael was at that same show in Columbus at Villa Rosa. Sorry, uh, he literally talked about it like last week, and I'm like, oh, that's a cool story, bro. Same story. I was like, holy shit. That, sorry, I saw them in the chat talking about a concert oh, at the end of the. Uh, somebody said that they think Aloy is like on Instagram or like something live during when the team is stretching, and like they need to take his phone away or social media away from him for a little bit. It's something weird, dude. Because so how do you so how do you guys feel about it? Because like you know, Eloy Jimenez ever, ever since he's been at the Sox, lovable guy, you know, he's outgoing. Fans love him mm-hmm. for the most part. The the injuries, you know, they obviously get annoying. Like stop being dumb, whatever. But now that it's becoming, it's just a thing. Eloy Jimenez, he's hurt. Like yeah, like what's new? Are you guys mad about it? Are you just like? It's annoying. Whatever it's expected. Are you frustrated? It's annoying. Or it's like whatever. It's like what those yeah, it's a it's annoying. Like two years, like when annoying. he tore his like packed in spring training, it's like, well, there goes like the season type thing. Ooh. Now we're just so used to it, it's like really like again. But like we're so used to him being injured, it's not even like you know, like you, you almost expect it. Like coming into the mm-hmm. year, most people, if you had an over under like a hundred games played, I would bet the majority of the public is hammering the under on that. What's annoying about it is the fact that it's usually like dumb shit, but like dumb shit because he's goofy. Like going up to try to rob that home run and tearing his pec yeah. or skipping stretching so he can be on Instagram and he, he hurts his whatever running from first to third. Like that's just like him being himself being this goofy guy. And I don't want him to stop doing that, but he needs to have a little bit more discipline. And I'm by you no know? means comparing these two by comparing these two, but the same kind of stuff was said about Bryce Harper when he was young in his career early mm-hmm. on too. Yeah. And he's still getting kind of, I mean, he's hurt right now again. So I guess it really kind of kills that argument for a second, but the fact is, some of these guys don't know how to be pros yet. Um, I know it sounds, I don't, I and mean, I don't think this is the case necessarily, but one has to wonder how much 
is he taking care of his body when he's done working, when he is at home, when he's, there's are things that, that some of these guys are there 24 hours a day. They don't stop. It's crazy, but I'm not saying that he's being lazy or anything, but I'm saying like, how much is a young guy, you know, cause again, when you're younger, you're kind of like, fuck it. I can, I can eat this today. I can do this today. It's no big deal because I'm younger and it's going to digest and yada, yada, yada. And you know, we're old now. We eat like a pizza and we feel it for like seven fucking days. It's, it's brutal. And so, I'm just thinking like perhaps there's some things that he's not doing that he he's, he's been relying on just God gift health. And now he's kind of, he, again, he pushes it. He, he is goofy and you want the guy to have fun and play like a so, kid. To this point, want- go ahead, Mitch. Well, okay, like that's kind of where I was getting at too. Like early with like the Anthony Davis, like it's almost like you wonder what he's doing the off season, but then you see him this year coming in motivated. Like I want to play the outfield. So he mm-hmm. looked faster. He came in like slimmed down. It's like, okay, like it looks like he actually is taking care of himself. I'm going to drink the Kool-Aid and say, fingers crossed. I think he can be healthy. And then he still gets hurt. And it's like, yeah. so Beloy says in the chat that either the training staff or Eloy need to be held accountable. And I think it's Eloy. And I also think that this is a good coaching staff to do it. I think I would be worried about TL Tony LaRusa kind of being too strict and like causing a rift between the two. I feel like uh, Pedro will be able to like sit down with him and give him like a, almost like a dad talk. Like, yo man, (laughs) we need you to be a little bit more serious around here. Like you're too good of an athlete to be pissing it away by missing two weeks every other month. Like it's, it's go time, bro. You're never going to get this time back in your life. Like you need to fucking figure it out. I guess, man, like, listen, Andrew, uh, Eloy got hurt. So if you hit a routine grounder, dog it to first, uh, yeah. you're, you're going to be on uh, the uh, list of guys. I, Eloy. I guess my, I guess my question about that though, is like Eloy has a history of like these hamstring injuries. And if, if the question, or if there is already speculation about like, maybe he's not, he's not doing enough to get prepared, whether it's pregame warmups or just on off days, whatever. Why wasn't this conversation already had? Right. Well, a, a, it, that guy a yoga instructor for his house and just be like um downward dog and go. we all saw that he put the work in this i mean mm-hmm. he looks like his fucking uniform doesn't fit him because he lost so much weight and he's just jack now but but jack doesn't mean healthy like as no, far as the small small well, tendons and the little tiny little soft like tissue. you just said the the yoga it, it's the stretching like okay you built this temple now you got to take care of it and you got to make sure that shit like this doesn't happen so I don't know. They got to figure something out with him. And I was very optimistic with how it was going. He was hitting some nice doubles in Houston. Like things were going really well. And then this kind of did come out of nowhere too. Like, it was just like, you woke up on Wednesday and you're just like, huh. Fuck, I got like, how do you get hurt on your off yeah, day? Yeah, I got to get you fired on your day off, Craig. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I from our fantasy league that my starting outfielder was injured. So yeah, that's I mean, but, uh, huh? I agree with Ian. Dylan Cease got to get Eloy with his yoga instructor. Yeah. Get him start on that doing, uh, Yeah. I mean, and I didn't the, start carpooling to, to yoga studio. Stefan's point in the, in the chat too. Like, I don't think it's an overreaction because this isn't the first time he's been hurt, but maybe it's a blessing in disguise that this happened this early in the year because it could be a reality check for him where they're like, see asshole, you're going to hurt yourself. Like, listen to what we're telling you. Like, we're not fucking around here. And, don't for you. And, and the mean, White Sox did hire like a brand new, uh, like training staff, didn't they? Yeah, and they brought in a new strength and conditioning guy. Yeah, like just brand new, all like a whole bunch of different they uh, added guys the on new the departments. Staff. Yeah, yeah. Hard. That's a rough start to your uh, your training 
teams start too is when one of the central guys get hurt like that. You know, like, yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't think it's, I don't think we're overreacting because it's not the first time, but I also think that you do have a point there where this could be a blessing in disguise in the long, you know, if you look at the forest past the trees a little bit. Does this make it kind of like almost terrifying to like ever get too excited about Eloy? Unfortunately, like you're like constantly going, okay, no, here he goes. He's hot. He's hot. I'm afraid, but he's gonna hurt me again. Sooner. I think like, more fans are, are it's thinking a very with abusive yeah. relationship yeah. with Eloy. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it, it, it's it's keep coming back, and you know it's not gonna end well. I think they're. I think they're the definitely people, like, oh, oh, again. I think there are definitely a lot more White Sox fans who, are like, who I forget who said it in the comments, and then Mitch uh, brought it up to who are like, hey, you can't really rely on Eloy anymore. Yeah, and I think that's just like a, an undertone with them. Like when he's when he's hitting good, like the series in Houston, like you're pumped. You're like, fuck yeah. But you also get this feeling inside where it like, kind of like pulls you back, and you're just like, well, you can't really get too pumped because you don't know when it's going to be over right away. Like, you're telling all your friends, like you wake oh, up guys, a, he's changed and deep yeah. down, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know what the end results. Next thing you know, you wake up on a Wednesday and he's out for two weeks with a pulled hammy. <laughs> yeah. and, and this stress is why Rick Hahn has to build his roster with that always in mind. So you have to be pulling for, you know, bringing in guys that might be usually on a semi good team, guys that will play 140 games this season. Yeah, so you've got yeah, right. Uh-oh. Um, <laughs> Uh-oh. Andrew Vaughn begging right. God dang it, not for that. No, please. Um, but this that's what sucks too is, yeah, I mean, you build your roster with that, but it doesn't seem like they were super concerned with it. Like, how does this become like a train that hits you in the side of the head? Oh, that's pretty shit. Um, that's really funny. I don't know about you guys, but I've been patiently waiting for this I'm, all day. That's a work in. I think it's time for the NASCAR Minute with regional champion NASCAR Mitch. All right, we were at Richmond, a little short track action, a lot of bumping and banging with these cars here. So first we'll go a little bit before like the race. There's some big news. Hendrick Motorsports, Chase Elliott's team, pretty boy, Jeff Gordon's one of the co-owners. They're like the darlings of NASCAR. They got popped for cheating. So they got a big fine, and they were like, they took away a bunch of playoff points. So they had an appeal earlier, and the committee that did the appeals, it's like outside of NASCAR, they bring in these outside people. They're like, yeah, we acknowledge you cheated. Like, you, you had different louvers on the cars, but... Uh, we're going to give you your points back anyway. So everyone's like, what the fuck? So they got popped, and the other team was like this team called Colleague Racing. And Colleague Racing's only in their second year. They're brand new. They only had one louver that was, like, deemed incorrect, unlike Hendrick. So Colleague goes, and, like, this is a small, like, team. Like, they won an Xfinity race. Their owner was, like, took off his shirt, was, like, waving it around like a jackass. Yeah, like, you know, they're the people's champ. They go in, and NASCAR, like, the, the appeals panel's like, yeah, we're not giving you your points back. You cheated. Fine's like upstanding. Everyone's like, what the hell? So a lot of drama going on there. But then to the race itself. This was Denny Hamlin's home track. Michael Jordan, who's the co-owner of the team with them, he was there. The GOAT himself is on the pit box. Denny's like on the radio beforehand with his crew chief because Toyota's had a lot of slow cars. That's why you don't buy a Toyota. Terrible manufacturer. But anyway, he's like, yeah, you know, I'm going to have to carry the team here today, boys. And, like, his crew chief's like, dude, like, how do you know we didn't give you a good car? He's like, well, because I've been driving the Toyotas all year. And the crew chief's like, good grief, man. It turned out he did have a fast car. But Denny Hamlin, he gets a speeding penalty early. So he has to go to the back of the field with all the scrubs. One of those scrubs is J.J. Yaley. He was just minding his own business. 
Denny rear ends him, rams him out of the way. So now JJ's like, what the hell, man? Denny's just bullying people in the back. He drives to the front, though, because he's got a fast car. He's like, all right, we're doing good. Win stage two. Then he gets another speeding penalty. So back to the pack. Michael Jordan's sitting there like, what the hell? One of Michael Jordan's other drivers, Bubba Wallace, uh, he had uh, his team got a penalty because the uh, analytics guy was catching the tires as they rolled them back, and you can only have so many guys over the pit roll. Well, they rolled one to him a bit too far, was out of reach, so he went to reach for it. He fell over the pit box, and they had too many guys there, and Jordan's sitting up there like, what the fuck? He's about ready to fire some people. He looked pissed, exited on his private jet before the race lap. Anyway, 30 laps to go. Now it's getting serious. Hendrick and their cheating louvers, they're up front, right? Uh, they got two cars up there. So Ross Chastain, the Ross Chastain, he doesn't give a fuck to her. The restart <laughs> starts. He goes three wide, down low. And then Chris Bell, he's in the middle. He's like, oh, no, Ross is here. I'm scared. So he goes high. He hits one of the Hendrick cars, spins out of the way. He gets hit. Caution comes out. Everyone's like, oh, damn. So now it's getting to the nitty-gritty because there's only like 15 laps left. And this is like a, kind of a war of attrition. So people need tires. One of the people that needed tires was Martin Truex Jr. He's up front. He's like, all right, boys, we can get new tires here. This is going to be good. So his crew chief's like, yeah, all right, about that. So they put on the new tires for Martin Truex. Everyone gets the new tires. And Truex starts driving after the restart. He's like, what the hell? Like, my tires are flat. They're not going good. Well, the problem was they ran out of tires throughout the race, so they had to give them scuffs. So they were used tires they put on there. They were just shit, and they didn't tell him that because they didn't want to piss him off. But anyway, back up front, it's Josh Berry who's driving Chase Elliott's bitch-ass's car because Chase Elliott broke his leg snowboarding, so they still have a rookie in. And it just goes to show that Chase Elliott really has no talent. It's all the car because the rookie is up front, so he has a chance to win. He's next to Kyle Larson, one of the other cheating Hendrick cars. Well, Kyle Larson's a lot better. He drives away. He wins the race. That's the end of it. Martin Truex is pissed. He's heading back. He's like, guys, what the hell happened to my tires? The crew chief's like, yeah, we were out of uh, new tires. We gave you scuffs. And he's like, why didn't you tell me we were fucked? And he's like, yeah, you would have been fucked anyway. We just didn't want to kill your morale. But that's NASCAR win it. Kyle Larson wins. Hendrick cheated. They got their points back. There you go. That's it. That, there you have it. This Padres bitch is shitting bricks right now. Why? Because Danny fucking Burgess is up and back. Guy just started Shake Shack straight to the dugout. This if you're new to the nascar minute i don't like chase elliott because he's like the fan favorite every year and like he does win a lot of races but like he's boring he has no personality it's like a wet napkin so i don't like that he's so popular i'm jealous of chase elliott so i always i'm a hater i ain't gonna lie but i think it's valid because he's boring. And some rookie took his car and drove it up to second. So is he really that good? I don't know. You tell me. System driver? System driver. He's the Tom Brady of NASCAR driver. He got his ride, too, because his dad, Bill Elliott, was really popular. So, you know, nepotism. I like the working man's driver. That's why I'm a Daniel Suarez fan. He came from Mexico with nothing, didn't know any English. Now he's driving the 99 car for track house, baby. He also My... got fined. He was bumping people on pit road. But we won't get into that. He's a <laughs> man. My new favorite activity is trying to find pictures to throw you off. Don't worry. Yeah, Kevin. You locked in. I know. I know. The guy I was ca- on his pants. Didn't work. My socks on my sleep. Not going to phase me. Unlike <laughs> Chase Elliott, I am not a system. Wait, That's I have a question. What was, who is this? What? What are we looking at here? I'll explain all pictures. Go Let's ahead. See. There is one of them that was like, wait. I like the LeBron meme one. We just got to get the cigarette in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what's that one? That's Michael, Michael Cera. Cera, Michael Cera. 
Yeah, I just randomly saw it with Aubrey Plaza. They're <laughs> eating pizza. I just think he's fucking hilarious. <laughs> he's, he's in a what is the movie I just saw? Him? He's in Barbie. You know what? You know what we didn't put up, Speaking and now which, this had me dead. Yeah. I was laughing my ass off with this. I was trying to get this up in time, but I missed it. Mitch, Mitch, with the light behind him. Greatest song with the least highest quality resolution I've ever seen. It was fantastic. That was, was part of the charm. I was, it was, yeah, it was, like I was mad you though. couldn't see this quote because I was hoping this quote would throw you off. It had that 1992 internet feel, which yeah, was then, dial up. This, genius of Mitch this, I mean, this directing your the, music video. This is a quote you should live your life by. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even notice that one. Yeah. So, by the way, so did we talk about my sock summers um, in-game snoozer? We call it because he didn't really miss anything. Though, is it really an overblown no. story? He's just he uh, no. He's just such a diehard fan. He couldn't bear to watch the barrage of home runs hit by the Giants, so he closed <laughs> his eyes and White Sox Dave took advantage of it. I thought it was texting. It was, yeah. it was just texting. Could be both. Maybe White Sox Dave, his eyes. Chase Elliott fan. Well, no. <laughs> just trying to look under his T-shirt. Oh boy, that's a good. That's that's one awaiting though. Like that's a good. Yeah, to deal. me, to me, my socks are. He was just scrolling on his phone for like an hour. Oh, yeah, that was it. Who <laughs> amongs us had not? Uh, yeah, he's got I lids spelled I and then lids like the letter I though. Uh, Mitch, the return though to guaranteed rates coming on NASCAR night. Buy your tickets now. We're throwing it oh, back in the parking lot. What oh, night is it? Donuts by myself. What night is it? I think it's June 23rd. I think it's a Friday. You can look it up. It's on their website. Oh, and if you get the VIP package like I did, you get that weekend pass for the NASCAR race. So yeah. we dropped like 300 bucks. Socks, tickets, NASCAR. It's great. Money bags, Mitch. Yeah. Yeah, Jesus. Wait, yeah, we blew like half our rent check on it. <laughs> I'm in poverty right now. Uh, I can't afford groceries, but. <laughs> NASCAR night is Friday, June 23rd against the Boston Red Sox. Socks. Giddy up. They're giving away a NASCAR cooler. Damn right. And, and get the VIP package. You get the patio access and the weekend pass for the race. It's fantastic. Oh, yeah. You're losing money if you don't take that deal. Hold and on. How much, if I groceries. Let's let's play days. how much did Mitch drop on these. <laughs> God damn, boy. Like I said, I guess, I that's, a, I guess that's a pretty good deal, though. No, you what get you the, get for it, it's a good deal. Yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's a good deal. If you get the, I mean, you get patio access to White Sox. So that's free food and booze before the game. Oh, yeah. Then tickets to the actual game, and then you get two day passes to the NASCAR Street Race, which also includes Black Crow's concert and Miranda Lambert. Miranda that's a win right there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, I didn't know that you had the concert too. All that for two hundred and eighty seven bucks. That's three hundred with tax, but yeah. Well, yeah, that's that's all you got in tax. God, yeah, that's Jeez. pretty decent though. Jesus, oh, not bad at all. I'm a twenty four dollar. I don't want tickets to the race because I'm not going. But... You should. How you be paid. You have to watch a NASCAR race. Yeah, anyway. that's how you go to one of them. Get out of the gate right there. That's perfect. That we, I'll give you a Kevin Harvick hat. You can have a thirty rack of Bush. You don't even have to watch the race. Hold on. No, I'll, say this, I'll say this: going to a NASCAR race is not the same as watching it on TV. Going to a NASCAR race is actually fun as hell. I've yeah, gone. Twice. I've been in NASCAR races. I just never went inside. You know, this, this okay. Well, that doesn't count. We can't back out of the 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 bet. There, no, well, John is back. He just doesn't want to hang out with me. No, that'll happen. I'm just not gonna <laughs> physically go to the race. <laughs> Should I definitely? Lambert. Uh, I'm but, surprised at you. Baby Zo loves cars. He's a born dude, racer, keeps, and you're depriving so, him of next. Mitch, yes. I'm, 
Mitch, every time I go onto YouTube TV, you know how they do, they have like the, like your most go-to channels, like yeah, ready to yeah. go for you. <sighs> Fuck, dude. Every time I'm on that screen now, he sees NASCAR and he, eh, eh, eh. I'm like, my no, God. dude, you little yeah. hick. No. <laughs> Maybe Zoe can join my tailgate. But... I'll juice boxes for him. I'll my motels and the other cool thing. He'll be a good sh- time. He'll be shotgun and Capri Sun. Uh, <laughs> But just to get the patio package and the baseball Mitch game, the, it's a hundred bucks. That's not bad. No, that's what I'm saying. It's like too good of a deal. That's so now I have an excuse to come back. That's so. pretty solid. I mean, the Red Sox are fucking cheeks this year, but well, they're awesome. Hoping yeah. for a dub. Are you yeah. guys excited to see uh, O'Neill Cruz? Yes. Overrated. Oh. I he's Michael Kopeck, not tipping oh. pitches. Oh. No, I. I'll clip that. I really like. <laughs> yeah, you just fucked up, Mitch. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I really like. Uh, I was taking you down. <laughs> this new scheduling, it's a lot more fun. I think it's a lot more. Yeah, fun. you, you yeah. see everybody a lot of. Like, yeah, more couple playing the Rangers. Vegas. Rangers. More yeah. blackouts for me here well, in I Vegas. Mean, <laughs> but you get Cubs, Rangers. Rangers are a fun team. I got oh, 162 I picked, minus I 58. I did pick my National League team official. I got to buy it. Oh, who is fuck. Diamondbacks. Talk about a fun team. Ooh. Holy fuck. They got that cool uniforms. Is, I'll give you that. That team is fun, though. Those guys, they're stealing bases at a super high. Who else is stealing? Oh, the Orioles. Um, all of major. No, 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 no. The Orioles have like 20 <laughs> stolen bases already as a team. Like, it's ridiculous. The Orioles are. Did you yeah. see that win against Boston? Or no, they lost that game where the guy dropped the pop-up and left. It was giving me the Adam Angle vibe, like flashback. Hey, uh, yes. It was two uh, outs and he dropped the, the final out and then Boston bad, hit the walk-off home run two batters later. Bad news, though. Guess who is – Okay, you said Baltimore, right? They're first in stolen bases, but the yeah. Diamondbacks aren't first in stolen bases. Guess who I is? No, they're not. What, the Cubs? The Twinkies. Cleveland. Oh, Cleveland, of course. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, I mean – That's got his hands full. That's not uh... – not a surprise at all. That's Yankees and the Pirates. Wow, that's shocking a little bit. Yeah, but I'm trying to look. I'm trying to get the the statistics because we're all about facts oh. here. But oh, here we go. Team stats. There we go. Cubs 24th in home runs. Some smart oh. guys. Wild card pick undefeated. Facts. Stolen bases. Baltimore has 11. I thought it was 28. They have 11. Arizona has two. Or Arizona is the second with nine. I thought you said they weren't, but yeah. Oh, you're talking right. about the National League only? Because no, Cleveland MLB. Has, Cleveland has, has um, Cleveland has ten stolen bases. Oh well, ESPN update your shit because they have Cleveland yeah. at eight. Cleveland has ten. Uh, it goes uh, Baltimore with eleven, Cleveland ten, Arizona nine, New York Yankees nine, Pirates seven, mm-hmm. White Sox and Cubs bottom half of the league both yeah. in home runs. The, the Diamondbacks have a very fun team. Very young, very fun team. I've always said Baltimore's got something cooking out there. Oh yeah, I mean, Love that Eddie, guy. That's yeah, Ellie Rushman, Gunner. They got yeah. Arizona's got a hell of an outfield. Yeah, but I'm gonna go Arizona as my National League team this year. I gotta go ahead and get Good. that hat. I like their uniforms too. You uh, you you hit the head head on the nail too. The talented outfield that was so talented that they could trade someone like Varsho and not even yeah. blink. Like that's how talented their outfield was. Like they Marshall, Marshall was an outfielder too. He's going nuts right now in Toronto. He's on my fantasy team, so I see it. But yeah, I want uh, to. The Damn tweet it. that the tweet that people are referring to in the chat, and we'll end on this. 
We were talking the, about Cle- the Cleveland Guardians broadcast team just casually dropped this little <laughs> fun little tidbit during a Jose Ramirez at bat. As a 13-year-old, Jose Ramirez played in a gambling league with adults to earn money for his family. Mm-hmm. In deal. certain circumstances, betters would gamble on a player to have a positive outcome. If they mm-hmm. didn't come through, mm, no big deal. They would just be chased home by gamblers with machetes and guns. Hey. They just said, and then there's like, and there's a three-two pitch high and outside. Like they just all caught. <laughs> no, no reaction. Yeah. Just kind of like, well, we're just gonna throw this. It's a real emotional like, story, Jim. The machetes there. He was fighting for his life yeah. on that pitch. Uh, just and outside. there's a three-one <laughs> curveball that hung up there, eighty-one, and then Jose Ramirez draws a walk. This is that's brought to you by Zoom yeah. Zoom. <laughs> no, like no, all those DraftKings. That's yeah. speaking yeah. of betting. Uh, Jose Ramirez. Yeah. yeah. If you don't want to get about... chased down, to... <laughs> but with an Make app, you the right trust. pick. We promise. We'll just uh, return your bet. We won't chase you down with a chainsaw. Jesus. Can you guys guess who has the two worst offenses in Major League Baseball according to WRC Plus? The two the worst, two offenses. worst offenses. The Royals are one. Correct, dead last. They have yeah, a WRC they, plus. They didn't score for like uh, their third game. In the they have a WRC plus of 43 as a team. Oh my god. The Pirates? Uh, no, the Pirates no, are the good. Pirates, the Pirates are at the bottom week, 10, but they're not, they're yeah, they're not, not good the bottom. Uh, the Mets? Oh, I'm not shocked. At, wait, am I looking at the same thing? The, the Detroit Mets? Tigers are in 29th oh. place. They're at the Tiger, 50. Yeah. The I have. So, I'm looking at Fangraphs. Fangraphs has. I have the split. The splits leaderboard live. Live updated. Because that's a combo of all of them. Yeah, and then the Arizona. Your Arizona Diamondbacks, though, they're 28th. They're Good. at 62. People oh. are sleeping on them. And then the Colorado Rockies, who have. I mean, they won their first two games, but they're at 70. It's weird that the Pirates are so low and they just swept Boston in Boston. Yeah, this <laughs> is nice. They don't have anybody below 81. Like what the hell? The Cubs are right at the middle league average, 15th at 103. The White Sox, ninth oh. at. Don't look at Fangraphs. They're talking about rec leagues in the chat. Speaking of which, Aldo, shout out to you. Struck out eight, got the win, and right. in what ended up being the difference making run in your yeah. league. Four to three, game. struck out eight, no big deal. Some people are calling him the Otani of Beer League. That's, yeah. Some people are saying, oh, people God. are talking. The shorter, they're just the shorter Otani. And now they're talking about they're talking about Marquette Park in the the chat. I that's my I played Marquette Country Club for four years in high school, baby. We used to they one of our golf matches got canceled because they found a, a floater in the water hazard. <laughs> Can we tell the story about about that uh, miscommunication in the chat today? Oh no! Yeah, that's go for thing, it. Yeah. I know that was it. I, I gotta I, know, yo. So like, yeah. The, so I gave that a notification, and I hadn't seen the chats before, but the notifications from Aldo. And this is the exact text: struck out eight, got the win, and drove in what ended up being the difference-making run. And it has like the emoji with the sunglasses. And I was like, damn, Aldo, is that like beer league softball? And then I like scroll up. I'm like, oh shit, he was talking about Shohei Otani. But like the way it showed up, I thought Aldo had like a monster game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Diet. So, yep. And then last but not least, the White Sox do have a rally cat. It's been found. In, it lives in center field. Very upset that this. no one in White Sox Twitter has made a Twitter account for it yet. But I'm sure someone will soon. What's the name? I saw also, there's two options. There's a lot of options. Though. People are throwing out a lot of names. 
Don't matter. The best tradition on White Sox Twitter is go to Zoe's account after every win and watch the Rodney Day. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. it, it never gets old. I saw shout, shout out to Yumper for bringing that to my attention. But good one. yes, that is a that is a, as soon as I saw it for the first time when Yumper tweeted, I was like, that's my White Sox winner video. For never this gets old. So, hey, we do. Although I, I do need to remind you, White Sox do have the immediately powerable lights that can turn on and off. Mm-hmm. But does guaranteed rate field have beer bats, which then turns into beer, beer bats snakes? snakes. Beer bat snakes. No, yeah, we just snakes. Well, they have urinals, so that's that's a start. You don't want to touch feet with someone else while you're. Yeah, yeah we just tailgate and don't spend a mortgage payment on beer in bars before we go in. Yeah, but I digress. <laughs> uh, do you guys have anything else? Dansby right. Swanson, MVP. Oh, yeah, we didn't even talk about that. Dansby Swanson's fucking on fire. You're welcome. Yeah, the lineup right now. We're overreacting. Yoan Moncada's an MVP. Dansby, let's not overreact here. Actually, actually this, this is going to be another overreaction. Are you guys are, Ian Happ is going to get like $125 million. He's killing it right now. I, don't, I mean, can he keep it up? And will he drink? It's pretty awesome. It's pretty awesome that Chicago has like three Cy Young winners and five MVPs in the city right now. Got it locked out. They're all going to be tied for. Yes, just, they're just going to give them one trophy, and they just all get a month with it. Cease and Clevenger tie mm-hmm. co Cy Youngs. Uh, Hap, uh, Hap Swanson and Horner, three-way MVP. Yep, Mankata and Swanson. Mac- Monk, no, Monk- American League, uh, Mankata and uh, Luis Robert. And all of the gold, and all of the gold gloves are coming to Chicago too. Yeah, we got <laughs> yeah, all. You get a gold glove. You get a gold glove. Yeah. You got all the gold gloves. gloves. So I'd say pretty successful first week. Yeah. <laughs> there's there's really nothing that's gonna go wrong. Well, Lizard really hurt. So that's already out of the way, guys. Well, I mean, next time we see will be April twelfth. We'll have a full understanding of how the season's gonna completely play out in seven days from now. Can't um, wait. Can't wait. So keep an eye out. Well, first of all, before you leave, make sure you're subscribed to the channel. Uh, like this episode, and also keep an eye out because we like to do random playbacks. Uh, we had a lot of fun the first one. We gotta have a Cubs one coming soon, right, yeah. Aldo? Like, Whenever you guys gotta, want. Just, I hope. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, Cubs. One. Then we can like <laughs> we can talk about the White Sox. We can just insult you and put you down and insult you again. Uh, no, but, whenever you guys want. We just, do have to say that we zero uh, and one for the Sox. Zero yeah. one for the Sox, uh, but one for one and getting tornado sirens. That's uh, true. That's true. And me having to go in my laundry room with my family and shelter in place while the game was if going. If it's on. not during a Next. Sunday during the Cup race, then I'm there. It was just it was just a little cool. camping trip. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's what I told him. He had a blast. Um, <laughs> well, we were like in shifts because I was late because of work, so I like showed up and then the tornado warning hit Illinois, and then Zoe bounced off the broadcast. It was <laughs> past the baton. Yeah, it really well, let's face it, everybody tuned in to see Mitch. They What's were true? very vocal about that in the comments. Mitch it was like, where is he? Yes, very, Mitch was very the Kanye right. West of playbacks, really, that night. Yep. Minus um, the anti-Semitism. Well, and well, the par- you, you didn't parachute. You watched 21 Jump Street, though. Yeah, yeah, as long as you watch <laughs> 21 Jump Street, you're good. All right. All right. All right. So keep, uh, keep an eye out for the playbacks, and we appreciate all the love and support. Go buy some merch, you fucking idiots. We love you all. For Beer. Mitch, that's Fids. That's all, though. I'm Zo. We will see you guys next week. This Padres bitch is shitting bricks right now.
Why? Cause Danny fucking Burgess is up and back. Guy just started Shake Shack straight to the dugout. Free build of the favorites. We here for the latest. Yeah. South side or the north side. Not tuned to the greatest. Home team for the home teams. Both sides got our own rings. On the mound or the long ball. But we don't put the wrong strings. Yeah. It's that time of the year now. Wrigley or Gantees or the whole league that we hear now. New show with a new mood. Discussions and interviews. Trade rumors that might be. This is Pinwheels and Knife. Yeah. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on the boy, yeah. Every season they get all changed. Take me out to the bar game. This is what you waiting for, yeah. This is what you waiting for. You can put it on the boy, yeah. Every season they get all changed. Take me out to the bar game. This is what you waiting for, yeah. Can't put it on a boy, yeah. Every season make it all change. Every season make it all change. Take me out to the ball game.